1: Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com
2: to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates
0: across the world of wrestling.
2: Everybody to a Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 210, and this week I am pleased to be joined by a returning guest, but making his 2021 debut, has to get that uh, Omakase ballot for 2021, is Mr. Kevin Brown from the Bad Wrestling Podcast.
3: I am a loyal voter. I think i voted in every one of them.
2: <laughs> I think you have, actually. <laughs> I feel,
3: and I think every single one, I end up getting a message from
2: you after, like, asking if I'm kidding on one of my picks. <laughs> This time you got you guys. I think got. I'm gonna look this up to make sure. I think you guys got. Uh, what the hell is the name of that stupid fucking team in AEW? Uh,
3: <laughs> Which one did we go for?
2: I don't know the one with Luther. I don't. I don't remember what it was. You got it. got <laughs> the Cast Project
3: with Luther. Yeah. and
2: Yeah, you got them in the top ten. I think. Let me just confirm <laughs> this because I want to want to make sure. The best tag team we have here. God, this is far up. Yes, the Chaos Project with eight points and one first-place vote finished in ninth place. Just ahead of a team we're going to be talking about today, the Bacaretsu Sisters, who finished in tenth place. With who I think points. I
3: actually voted above the uh, – I'm pretty sure I voted, like, number two was them, and then number three was Luther. So the Luther Hive really came through.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what – are you sure – because someone gave the Bacaretsu Sisters first-place vote. Are you sure that wasn't you?
3: That might have just
2: been. <laughs> I think it might have been you. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, we loved
3: said, we loved the sisters.
2: <laughs> yeah, so they got tenth place. Chaos Project got ninth place. There's always because these these categories, especially, were like because uh, the dangerous tackers, Taijun, Zach had 85 points, and then Omega and Page at 69, and the Youngbloods had 51. So basically, the entire voting pool was voting for those three teams. So like any random shit could have like snuck into the if like two people voted for it would get into the top ten. Thankfully,
3: year. I I definitely only, vote, I don't know who I would have given a sincere tag team vote to, so I must have like, I must have just voted three stupid people.
2: <laughs> it was, it's a really, it was a really hard category last year, to be fair. Yeah, like, Actually, I, everything kind of sucked yes. last year. <laughs> I was going to say, all the categories were pretty hard, but that one was especially hard. So, I don't know what the fuck, like I started thinking about how, so we do mid-year awards every year too like a mid-year award episode, and that's coming up like less than two months. I'm like, God, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to vote for. Yeah, I
3: don't. I think it's been a bit better than last year, but I haven't been watching (laughs) any of it.
2: I don't know. It's been... I I vote for (laughs) No More
3: B.S. Paul White.
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't watch AEW. But you still
3: vote for No More B.S. Paul White.
2: I've been taking, like, a New Japan break, I guess, as you could tell by the subjects of the show, because I just i don't know there's something after fucking sakura Gen- if, people are gonna think i'm boycotting them because osprey won the title or something i'm not i sincerely promise i'm not doing that we're gonna go back to cover new japan later in the month uh with these dotaku shows i just cannot fucking take these road to corkins anymore i cannot watch them there's what are no- they even
3: doing i don't think i've seen <laughs> one of those in like two or three years what are even on those now
2: nothing I mean, they're finally going to do one with a uh, a six-man title match tomorrow, I think. But before that, it's basically, like, just tag match after tag match after tag match in front of 300 people, all clapping, no cheering. Like, the only reason why those Corrigans were watchable pre-COVID was because at least, like, they were the hottest crowds in wrestling, you know? Like, these crowds would go fucking crazy for, you know, virtually anything. So you could talk yourself into sitting through some of these Corrigan shows because, you know, the crowd... Crowd goes a long way in wrestling. Now it's just three hundred people sitting there clapping. I mean, the, these shows have gotten completely unwatchable. I just can't. I mean, they
3: can't be as hot as TJPW.
2: No, they're not. Well, well, pre-COVID they were pretty fucking hot, but not now, right now. Though. Not right now, they're not very different hot world. Right. Yeah, and the way the way Japan is saying about their uh, vaccine rollout, I would not expect, uh, you know, non-clapless or non-clapping crowds to uh return anytime soon so you know they're saying like maybe by spring of 2022 they'll be done with all adults so i don't know it doesn't doesn't look good for that it is really isn't it really weird to be an american and be like yeah we're leading the way on this thing (laughs) it's on this vaccine it's like so fucking strange i was talking about it makes
3: sense we took all of them
2: I well, I know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's also it's like also because we're awful. But like, even so, though, even taking all of them, I did not think we were going to get to like half half of adults in the country have one shot so far. Like, I was, if you like, asked...
3: I feel like I was more pessimistic about how people would like people refusing it, but it yeah. seems like most of those people kind of shut up.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just I, between I think between people refusing it and just the general idea that we can't do anything, you know, the government can't do anything correctly in this country. That's true. I, I just kind of thought we'd be at like twenty percent of adults, but right now, and by mid-April, not fifty. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this is not exactly this is not Pod saved America. I'm not going to get out here and talk about how great Joe Biden is, but like if if Donald Trump had won. Like this is the this is like one area where I can generally say I think there'd be like a big difference. Like we'd be at like twenty five percent right now probably. I
3: have but. no idea. You yeah, have no idea what he would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> he might he might have gone the angle of trying to like put his name on it and push it really hard though.
2: That's true. That, but then, like, but then all he's the, definitely
3: vain enough for that.
2: But then the resistance side would say like they're not gonna take it. Because remember they were already saying that like last like October.
3: Oh yeah.
2: Like like Kamala Harris was out there saying I'm not like can't take a Trump rushed vaccine like it would have been a it would have been a big controversial thing, so yeah I just don't there's no way there's like no way we'd be above thirty percent right now, so something
3: stupid would have happened.
2: Yeah, it's just or they, they would have their idea to like distribute them would have been like to like fly giant planes over the states and like just fucking drop them in these big crates that have like a giant picture of a shot on them or something I don't know but like it would have been really stupid, uh, but yeah that's uh, that's vaccine talk I guess but yeah America's doing good with them uh, Japan is not doing good with them and you know I don't know I'm I'm not really sure when we're gonna get the non-clap crowds back and then you know i mean i've i've gotten used to them about as much as i can at this point but yeah i can't sit through the new japan korakans anymore uh so we've been doing and plus there's lots of other stuff going on i mean we watched some no ones in tokyo joshi uh you know as we're going to talk about in the show there's the all japan champion carnival which has been pretty good so far not like fucking blow your doors off or anything but compared to the 2020 champion carnival it's been like I don't know. It's like the greatest shit of all time. It's like the 2020 Champion Carnival. I don't know if you watched any of it. It was fucking horrible. And, you know, this year's has been pretty good. So big, big difference in quality.
3: I have not seen any of that. I saw very little of last year, so I know it was very bad.
2: Yeah, last year's was horrible. And this year's has been good. So uh, I guess I'll just do the Patreon plug right now while we're talking about it. Uh, Patreon.com slash We're covering all the Champion Carnival nights on there daily. $5 a month gets you all the access. I Just put up nights four and five on Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, you want to hear all the coverage of all the remaining Champion Carnival shows. Uh, You know, nights one and two are up there, too. Uh, Night three was on last week's Free Omikase. But going forward, all the Carnival stuff will be only on the Patreon. Again, only $5. Plus you get everything else that will be exclusive, including next week's Patreon-exclusive five-matches episode. So that will be only on the Patreon feed. Uh, As you may have noticed, as a listener, we typically skip a week now on the free feed. This is partially to uh, convince you to sign up if you want to hear a show every week still, partially just to maintain my own sanity, so I'm only doing five full episodes a month instead of four. Uh, But yes, it's patreon.com slash wrestling on Five bucks, you get all the Champion Carnival coverage. Next week's uh, Patreon-exclusive five matches episode, Everything else we've done on the Patreon for almost approaching a year now. can't believe I've been doing this shit for a year already. I remember uh,
3: I was probably on it like about, yeah, probably about last like March.
2: And before, you, that you were before. saying
3: you were surprised how many people were actually paying.
2: I think that was before the Patreon, wasn't it? I think I launched it. No, it was in- right
3: after, or it might have been like when you were about to launch it. Yeah, I think after,
2: I la- so. I think I launched it in. June. I'm glad
3: you've got to the point where it's worth doing daily shows.
2: <laughs> well, these are like, these are like once you know one or two a week. Basically, it was when like the New Japan Cup, even though they're only like one or two matches for each show, like that was like every other fucking day, and that was driving me insane. So that's probably also part of why. I needed like a two or three week break from New Japan because I was doing those fucking New Japan Cup shows every other day, and like that was the first time this really started feeling like a like a job job, you know. So at least at this point, I'm giving the New Japan a little bit of a breather. To be fair, nobody else seems to be watching New Japan right now either. Though, are so. you saying you're not a Shinnyon freak? I guess not.
3: Damn.
2: But like, do you go to the Super Cast Discord? Like, they're making shit up in there about what happened on today's show because no one is actually indicating they watched the show we're talking about it so uh the interest level is not high right now i guess we can say but i mean to a degree right people always shit on things like make things more exaggerated when it's like cool to shit on them but like when people start talking about like oh look at how spread out the this wrestling don'taku tour is and you know this tour is bad i'm like do you understand this tour fucking sucks every year Yeah, I
3: feel like people every year with them always forget that their house show tours, like, are not, are bad.
2: Yeah, this tour fucking, this industry, like, up next, people are going to be saying, oh, I can't believe the Destruction Tour looks so, I'm like, the Destruction Tour sucks every year. The Dantaku Tour sucks every year. Like, I don't know. The
3: only people who are watching that (laughs) are, like, the realist heads. That's I not to. if you're just like a normal if you're like a normal fan who likes the bigger stuff you were never watching that
2: yeah but I don't know so I just feel, I feel like people do kind of you know over exaggerate things but people are also very angry that Osprey won the title so I get it
3: it's uh, all it's like it's like people who get really mad when the World Tag League stinks <laughs> like much much weirder and more specific
2: he was good they were it was good last year though weirdly. Did they get
3: any funny guests in in the middle
2: of COVID? No, they didn't get any funny guests in. But, like, I don't know. Taichi and Zach are really good in it. So there's some other teams that were good. There's
3: going to be a working with. If they're actually working with AEW, they need to get Billy Gunn's two sons in (laughs) one year.
2: (laughs) Like, there are a lot of, like, really funny. Uh, A W or tag league possibilities. You could do the chaos project, of course.
3: Yeah, you can oh, you can get Luther back into the Tokyo Dome.
2: <laughs> get Luther back in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I don't know what else is going. On. I actually don't. I haven't watched A W since the Patriots. I'm trying to think. You can get the
3: acclaim to their, the their current rapper gimmick.
2: The uh, current rapper gimmick. It's true. I don't think
3: they really want Bear Country.
2: <laughs> Probably not. There's some gimmicks where like people, um, you know, people say like, oh, you know. This would really work in New Japan. The, the funniest one to me was when, like, someone was like, Orange Cassidy would never work in New Japan. Like, Orange Cassie would be incredibly over in New Japan. If they put him in there at Toriano, the fans would be going nuts for him in, like, five minutes. There's
3: probably, like, some specific comedy guys that they wouldn't get. But for the most part, every U.S. guy that goes over there, they seem to get pretty quick.
2: Yeah. I mean, Orange Cassidy would be super popular in court, and I don't know what so many people talk about sometimes.
3: They loved the whoop whoop guy over there. I <laughs> think I think they would figure Orange Cassidy out. I don't think it, I don't think it's that hard for him. Yeah, and they loved the whoop whoop man.
2: They really loved him to the point where I I sort of understood. Like I expected New Japan to try to bring him back. I guess what I didn't expect was I don't I don't know. I'm throwing out name here, so no one no one ex- no one took the, take this as like a. Uh, A source here, like David Friendly or somebody, to go to the office and be like, "Hey, this is bad, and don't do it," because apparently that's what happened. Like somebody, a bunch of the guy, the gauge, and went over there and were like, "Yeah, please don't do this. This is really bad." I'm uh,
3: I'm surprised. Like, they even did they get it filmed, or did they just float it out there
2: and see how the reaction? They did. They did film the strong thing. Apparently, so
3: the scroll cut exists somewhere. The scroll cut exists
2: somewhere. Yeah. So.
3: Who is the person you could annoy
2: the most into getting them to release the Skrull? <laughs> I think you'd have to go for – because it's strong. You'd probably have to go for Rocky, right? Like you have to get Rocky or Mountain to do it. I feel
3: like if you got like uh, – I don't think anyone would want to publicly associate their brand with Skrull though, which you would have no choice but to do. Yeah. That would probably be the problem. Maybe in like two or three years, you can get someone to put it out when he's like, hopefully, long gone.
2: Yeah, the scroll cut, but yeah, I mean the the Mario scroll thing, and then you know the Osprey fucking angle, B Priestley, and then winning the title, all happening within like three weeks or something. Uh, not the best run of a uh, Western publicity there for the old Shinny. No.
3: i'm really surprised none of like no one who like would have known what was going to happen from that told them before they actually did it yeah i feel like they should probably reevaluate how much they trust some of these people
2: yeah but i mean it's nice they made the right decision in the end after an immense public (laughs) pressure campaign and apparently multiple wrestlers in japan telling them not to do it but you know still uh concerning it got that far Anyway, I don't know how we end up on New Japan on a show where I said we're going to talk about New Japan. So let's get into these topics. First of all, we, I haven't really run down the topics yet. The main event, the true main event, the one we're holding all the way to the end, is Talking Titan.
3: Yeah, we're here to talk some Titan.
2: That stays till the end. Attack on Titan. The manga has concluded. So we are, we are going to talk spoilers. So first of all, if you're still watching the series, uh, you know, the anime on TV, you don't want to be spoiled. That's the other reason why I'm putting it all the way at the end. So you, you know, you got plenty of warning. You can still listen to all the wrestling shit if you want to hear Attack on Titan talk. That comes at the very end. Uh, if you just don't care about it at all, you should still listen because it's insane and, and probably hilarious. But uh, you can yeah, also just... Uh, do
3: not listen if you uh, care about spoilers because I will not hold nothing is going to be held
2: back. Yeah, we're just going to go over the ending. But yeah, we've so if people don't know who might be more recent listeners. We've done a few of these like attack on titan segments uh when whenever kevin every is time on.
3: they like finish we always we always like worm me on for shows here when like whenever an arc finishes yeah so we can go into the next one and we got the big one this time
2: the big one but we got to go over the whole thing this time too so that'll be like this will be like the attack on titan retrospective so that'll be the the end the conclusion here of the show so that's the main event uh we also have tokyo joshi still incomplete uh, which was their big Corokin show from this past Saturday, right? Yeah, it's April seventeenth.
3: Yeah, it was Saturday. It was Friday night my time, but Saturday yeah. there, obviously.
2: And we also have Noah, sort of. We have the Neo Breeze Corokin from Sunday, April eighteenth. Now, unfortunately, due to a series of uh, unfortunate events, we only watched the top three matches. Uh, I guess we might as well get into that now, since I was going to start with Noah anyway. Um, basically, the Abema normally puts these shows up for anyone to watch at any time, you know, um, worldwide. And for whatever reason, this time they didn't. It had something to do with it being a free show in Japan. So I don't know. For some reason, that meant it was geo-blocked for the rest of the world, like most of BEMA content is. So that was annoying. Um, this Corkin show, which was uh, Sunday, April 18th, it will be on uh, DDT Universe, or Wrestle Universe as it's now known, this Saturday, April 24th. But that obviously doesn't do anything for us right now. Uh, now, the real hero, a uh, friend of the show, the real hero, ha- did post up the top He's three matches on Twitter. He's still cooking. still cooking. He posted the top three matches on Twitter. Uh, so we were able to watch those. Apparently, the full show does exist on Billy Billy. But, like, I don't know. You yeah, found- I,
3: found, I got it from someone about a half an hour before.
2: Yeah, so you found it so too late, basically, for me to watch it. And it, part of it, also just my schedule this weekend was kind of crazy, because, you know, two champion carnival shows due for the Patreon. I was traveling to New Jersey uh, to see my dad and go to a round one there, because the one by me is still closed, the one in New York. I don't. Why the fuck? Can you, can you please explain to me why the fuck arcades are closed in New York, but casinos aren't? Like, what the fuck is the difference? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, what? Like, functionally, they are these. I don't, I'm not saying there's someone who hates casinos. I love casinos, actually. But like, functionally, what the fuck is the difference between a casino and an arcade? It's an indoor building where people are gathering. Yeah, to I play don't get games. why they,
3: it seems like there's anything still closed feels so arbitrary. Seeing what is open,
2: yeah, like everything is open. So, like, why the fuck an arcade? Can, like, there's
3: you so, can go to movie theaters and shit now.
2: So, like, they, they, why are arcades the one thing? we're like, well, that's no good? I'm like, I went to the one in New Jersey. I mean, everybody had their fucking masks on. And it's no less It seemed no less fucking safe to me than all this other shit that's open. But I don't know.
3: Yeah, that, that must just be in, like, some weird old bylaw or something. Yeah. They're, like, arcades are classified <laughs> or something. But I didn't, didn't know there was anything that still wasn't up.
2: Yeah, they're still. This is like the one state. Because if you look on the round one website, like New York is like the only state where they haven't been able to to reopen their fucking locations. So it's just annoying. But we went all the way to the new one in Deptford, New Jersey. So if anyone wants a round one, uh, Deptford, New Jersey arcade review, it was the worst round one I've ever been to. So in America. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Because like they, I don't know, it's like a much smaller space than the other ones I've been to. And. They only have one sound machine, and the buttons were really sticky. Like some kid fucking spilled shit on it, and they didn't fix it because the thing's only been open since October. So, like, I don't know. You think the machine would be in good condition, but apparently they not. Must have buy used machines.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true too. They could and buy po- well used machines.
2: But like, yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, it wasn't great, and they didn't have the Japanese karaoke, which sucks too. But whatever. Uh, so, you know, definitely the bottom tier is a new bottom tier of, uh, round ones. Before this, the one in Long Island. Jersey was, like was this one? Deptford. So it's like basically like 25 minutes from Atlantic City or in Philly. Oh, jeez. Like, yeah, it's really south. I don't know why the fuck they put it all the way down there. I thought this would
3: they, be in like Edgewater or something.
2: Yeah, they are. Well, they already have one in... Uh, in exton which is like right over the border in Pennsylvania yeah. by Philly so it's like why the fuck they put one in Deptford I' don't know. like put it in mid or North Jersey I guess but they were trying to put one in freehold which would have been a little more to the north like um the still- Long
3: Island one is Broadway Mall right Broadway mall yeah yeah and that, I'm I've never been in there but I've been in the mall and I, just looking at it it looked pretty shitty
2: yeah the, de- the I was gonna say the Broadway mall one was my previous bottom tier one. But at least they have two sound machines, and they're both pretty good. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's bottom tier. The best one I ever went to was the one in Dallas, and the best one I ever went to in America was the one in Dallas. I don't know why, but the Dallas one was just like they—they they have a huge like space and just so much shit in there. So that was my favorite one. That was like the only one I've been to that really feels sort of close to being like one in, in, in like being in one in Japan. And then the the Chicago one was pretty cool too, and. I think that might be all the ones I went to, right? Unless I'm missing... Oh, and the, and the x one in Pennsylvania is okay. But, so there's your official round one rankings. But, uh, yeah, the, the point of all this was, uh, I, went to, I was, you know, kind of busy this past weekend. So, uh, you know, I was planning to try to watch Noah and Tokyo Joshi today. And then Abima did not want to uh, cooperate. So, anyway, we ended up watching the Bocchini top three matches. So let's get into them here. Uh, the main event was Masa Kidamiya and Katsuhiko Nakajima defeating Keiji Muto and Naomichi Marafuji. Kidamiya submitting a Muto in 1851 with the prison lock. Uh, where are you on Muto, Kevin? Are you a Muto head? Do you not care? Are you neutral? I've heard
3: Muto. I like Muto.
2: Yeah. Some people really dislike Muto as champions. So.
3: This, this is especially centred. He's so old now that all of his selling looks like genuine pain. Oh yeah, and it's very good.
2: Yeah, the 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 Muto does well. He does really well. Like he he looks like he is getting destroyed in there when he's in there with these, uh, you know, like like Masakana looks like he could break this man in half, and he looks like he's doing it for a lot of the match, which is like, you know, that's cool. I think people
3: people are going to get very mad when Muto just wins again because he's obviously going to. But like he's going to make this guy look very good.
2: Yeah. And I guess the other side of it, like, is, you know, people say Muto beating these guys is, like, unrealistic or looks stupid or whatever. But, like...
3: This is I, just how this stuff works.
2: Yeah, I sort of agree that it can it can look pretty stupid. I think he does a good job keeping his offense to, um, like, a lot of holds and stuff where, like, it doesn't... He doesn't go in there and, like, fucking kill these people. Like, sometimes I listen to people talk about Muto in this run... They make it sound like he's dominating these matches. And usually he's like putting people in headlocks and like, you know, doing dragon screws and, you know, obviously he hits a shining wizard. But it's never like he's going in there and just like, I don't know, people act like he's Brock Lesnar. He's not, he's not killing people. Yeah, he, no,
3: he doesn't really. He's not like eating guys alive.
2: Yeah, he kind of definitely
3: him. don't get that. He's not. He wins all the time. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't kill the guys he's in there with.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So the, the unrealistic thing, I get it, but also I think it's kind of overstated because he's not in there, you know, dominating these matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am I consider myself a little more Muto neutral, maybe leaning towards pro-Muto. I guess that the, the other problem with this Muto argument to me is like the anti-Muto people make it sound like Noah has so many other great options, which... I don't know if they do. I mean, clearly, just continuing the go rain, which everyone agrees was awesome, uh, was not an option because he he needed fucking surgery. So you know they could have gone back to Kaito again, I guess. But like you know, it's not like like they, Kaito Kiyomiya is like what twenty three. I mean, he yeah, has plenty of fucking time. We have plenty of time to go back to Kaito Kiyomiya. You know, he's already had a big run. I mean look you can't
3: burn burn people out on him too early.
2: Yeah. I mean part like look at fucking Okada. I mean Okada's like what, thirty? And people already like, I will uh staple my eyelids shut if that man gets another long world title rate. And it's like great, well what do you do with the guy for the rest of his career at this point? He's thirty three, I'm sorry. Uh, they also
3: look like they like killed Okada.
2: (laughs) I mean, but yeah, with like uh with with Kiyomiya, you know, it's fine to be patient. You don't have to the guy doesn't have to be champion, you know, uh, immediately again. So You don't
3: want to burn people out on him because, like, the next guy doesn't seem to be in the pipeline yet. Yeah. like the so, uh, I don't know who you would think it would be, but the like, the very obvious next of him.
2: Just, maybe what, – what's his name? Can you okay, – maybe another Okada, actually. Can you okay? – yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's really early for that anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean – you know, this I, I that that's why the like the Muto thing to me is a little like I said a little overblown, and I don't think it's gonna be like a super long reign anyway. I think he'll lose his belt by. I'll uh, start
3: but. complaining about it if they don't do Mudo vs. Akiyama as the main event for like the big dome thing they're doing.
2: What's the Saitama thing, They're not. Well, that's not gonna be the main event.
3: No, what's it gonna be?
2: It's uh well, I don't. I don't know if they said the main event yet, but Akiyama's wrestling Hiroshima. The, oh that's
3: difficult you know, when are they going to do the they have to do like the non-title but both of them versus before they make them drop it
2: yeah i i, mean, I, that I was,
3: figured that would be like the whole point of them doing
2: it that was my thought too but um, it did not happen so because apparently uh, No, point...
3: i was gonna i was gonna <laughs> talk about how sick nosawa is but if he's not delivering then i i may have to walk some of that back
2: because they they said apparently i missed this but like a month ago they did say. That the KOD open weight and the GHC titles will be defended at that Saitama show. So at that point, it became obvious they weren't going to do those, you know, those two that match. That's I mean, I get it could just be a problem where like neither one wants to job to the other, but I don't know.
3: Yeah, that could be too.
2: But you mean you can always get around that by doing a tag. So I yeah, don't know.
3: I I figured they were going to do it. I figured that was like the whole point
2: of doing it. Maybe they will. Maybe they will do it by. You know, because this thing that the Saitama show is in June. I mean, you can always do another big show. I mean, they usually they do Ultimate Party in November. That would be kind of a long uh, range, for, especially for Muto. But yeah, yeah,
3: that know. might that might be a little too long of a run. Yeah, I, I love we'll Muto, see. but uh, I think people will. You can't burn that one out.
2: Yeah. Um, as far as this match, I thought it was good. Um, you know, we had Muto and Kitamiya starting out with, like, a lot of, like, you know, mat wrestling, and that's, you know, Muto was controlling it on the mat for a while. Um, Nakajima and Marifuji tagged in, and, hit, like, Mer- Nakajima was hitting these really hard leg kicks, like, those leg kicks he hit for, it looks like he's trying to break the guy's leg. Um, and then he tagged back out to Kitamiya pretty quickly after that. And then the only problem with having Nakajima and Marafuji in the same match is when Marafuji came back with some of his own kicks. And like a super kick, it looked kind of ridiculous after the Nakajima kicks. It's just like, yeah, your kicks don't really compare, buddy. You probably should have just, like, not bothered. Um, but then Mudo at one point gets Mia in his STF. That was just before the 10-minute call. Mia was able to make it to the ropes to break. And this crowd, all crowds seem to love Nakajima during in this role, but this crowd fucking loved that double foot choke routine. They were clapping louder for that whole sequence as he like kept repeatedly choking Marafuji than they did for the entire rest of the match. So I mean, I guess it's a, a very popular spot. Uh, Muto at that point was, or Marafuji I should say, was exchanging uh, chops with Nakajima later. That was the one place where he could match Nakajima in stiffness because he does throw a really hard chop. So that was a great exchange and Muto came back with a very kind of sloppy step-up knee in the corner, uh, but then Nakajima hit a basement drop kick on Muto, and that's what you were talking about earlier, kind of, where, like, everything look, looks like it's going to kill him. When anybody hits any kind of thing to the knee on Muto, everybody, like, grabs their fucking chest like they're about to watch this man be paralyzed. So, you know, it really does, like, it is like a gasp kind of moment.
3: He He's very good at playing to this ship. mm
2: hmm yeah, like, he pl- he leans into it. So. Um, then Nakajima tags back into Kitamiya He hits a Samoan drop and a Senton for a two-count. Uh, Muto, though, blocks a Kidabia Lariat. Kidabia, in turn, blocks a Shining Wizard. Muto said, like, motherfucker on the first Shining Wizard. But then, when he goes for it again, he yells, motherfucker, this time. That was really, like, kind of funny. Uh, but Kitamiya does the pop of no cell and then drops him with the Saito Suplex. And then he just, like, really starts targeting Muto's knee after that. Uh, He does another Saito suplex, and then he gets Muto to tap out to his prison lock after, like, grabbing him by the ears and headbutting him while they're in the hold. The headbutt busted them both open. Hell of a finish. Like, covered Muto in blood afterwards, especially. Uh, Just a really good visual, and definitely helps Kitamiya look like a more serious challenger uh, heading into Nagoya later this month. So... Good match. I would say, you know, basically on the level of the previous two. Obviously, some of the Mudo stuff is always going to look slow, but I don't think he really botched anything either other than maybe that knee, you could argue. Uh, and Nakajima helped bring a little dose of excitement when needed. So I went three and a half stars. Good match. Uh, but yeah, you know, just a, you know your, 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 standard hype, your standard hype tag, but a little better quality than you might often see from that type of match.
3: I thought that that would have been like a very good TV main event before the pay-per-view.
2: Yeah, but yeah, the any any the other bleeding at from the
3: end—that's like a great way to send it off.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing you put. It's going to be great in a video package. So, uh, any other final thoughts on this?
3: No, yeah, I thought this was pretty good. I mean, more. I, I was. I'm definitely going to watch all the Mudo shit, but I'm definitely more excited for this now.
2: The semi-main event was for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Title. Uh, Ajuci Kotoge defeats Neo in 2301 with the kill switch. Uh, He's the 45th champion. He gets his first defense here. Kotoge is a weird guy, right? Like he's had a weird career. I I know
3: you've been watching this shit like through thick and thin. (laughs) I know you're one of like the few other people who's actually sat through like his whole career at this
1: point.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about what he was doing in Osaka Pro, but it's just it's so weird that he so he comes from Osaka Pro. He's this junior headway tag guy with with Harada, right? And that's pretty much what I think most people know him for. He has all these really, probably like all the major highlights of the, you know, the Bushiro Oni-Noah period. I mean, those junior tag title matches were like, on some of those shows, the only highlight. Yeah, and, he was
3: definitely, he was probably the best in-ring guy of that whole time.
2: Yeah. And like, you know, he and Harada really carried the company in a lot of ways. Then, of course, you know, Road gets bought out, um, and, you know, Noah goes in different directions. Is
3: that when it goes into Noah the Reborn?
2: Yes, Noah the Reborn. And Kotoge, when they announced Kotoge was graduating to heavyweight, I remember being like, am I thinking of the right guy? Because he is, like, so fucking skinny. Like, I was he's...
3: expecting, when they announced that, I thought, like, New Japan, like, a bunch of the guys were, like, just going to jump for New Japan.
2: And yeah, they, they had... <laughs> desperately needed to fill the roster because, like, and and that didn't really happen. I mean, like two guys. Oh
3: left. yeah, nobody like important.
2: <laughs> the, all Suzuki Goon, including much Kanemaru. respect
3: to Kanemaru, but yeah. he's important. Heart, <laughs> but he wasn't like a guy they were like building anything on.
2: Yeah, like they lost none of the heavyweight stars, pretty much, and like it, you know they kept Go Shiozaki, who you know who had just come over. But yeah, I mean, like. When they announced Kotogi's moving up, I was like, am I thinking the right guy? Because he is so fucking skinny. He's not like, he's not short, short, but he's not like, he's not like Zack Sabre Jr. Who's like so tall, despite the fact that he's so skinny, you can kind of understand why, you know, they made him a heavyweight. Kotogi is like, I don't know. He's like 5'9 or 5'10 or something. Very skinny. And like, when I heard he's moving up to heavyweight, I was like, What? It's just really bizarre, really, really bizarre move. And then they decided to make his heavyweight career all about his cape. Oh, yeah. That's an
3: all time run.
2: (laughs) What the fuck was. Like, he. Do you remember. You ever seen that picture with Katoge wearing the cape to like some award banquet or something? And some other wrestler is looking at him like, what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with you? Just such a great picture.
3: And. Okay. The cape run is great
2: and like he's a member of like some kind of like no one i don't remember what they were called i don't remember what they was called it was like a new blood in noah i know they had a name but i really don't remember what the name was i'm guessing you don't either because you are no i do not yeah it was like a Noah new blood basically and you know i remember that gosh was in it even though he was probably already like 36 katoge was in it um and you know but so a bunch of guys like that were in it. i just remember thinking like they were like the biggest like dorks of all time. Like they could not have made this No One New Blood look stupider if they tried. And you know, Katogi. there was Katoge with his fucking cape. I uh, think he looks very cool. I have no <laughs> respect cape. And then and then one day it's just like, oh yeah, he's a junior again. I was like, what? I- so they graduated him and then they ungraduated.
3: It was the right decision, but it was sad.
2: And then suddenly, he's like challenging for some British title from some like some British company I've never even heard of. I think they weren't they the ones with like fifteen people at Mania? Is that um, them?
3: Which one this is, this? is IPW UK. IPW
2: UK, right? right? Yeah, the So did you did you go to the the show or no? Um, so
3: my car got totaled that day, and I never made it there.
2: Oh, there you go. I'm very sorry to hear about your car. That sucks uh so i was at the stardom show as the people were leaving this ipw uk show and like seriously like 10 people walked out like 10 people left the building i'm really not exaggerating 10 fucking people some of them could have been like staff members for all i know or wrestlers i don't know what the fuck ipw uk wrestlers look like but yeah 10 people walked out the front door i was just like okay for like i really should like stopped one of them and just ask for an interview like, excuse me. How did
3: you get here? <laughs>
2: like, how did you get... Why did you... Like, how have you, how have you heard of IPW UK? Why did you choose to go to this? Why... Like, who are you? Like, I just really want to meet the, the American IPW UK fan. Or, are you a fan who came all the way over from England to go to WrestleMania weekend? Yeah, I was and... going to say,
3: they... The British always make their way here for that.
2: Yeah. And they show not up a,
3: very strong. So it was not probably a support. just, like, their people.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It was very, very bizarre, but uh, but yeah, it was a very uh, so so yeah. IPW UK title. He <laughs> well, was I think he either challenged for that or he, or he won it or something. Uh, and yeah, and, th- and then he never reunites with Harada. He forms the full throttle unit with a uh, god. I guess it was like Yohei or Yohei was the one who kicked them out for it. So was he, who were the other two? It was Seki Yoshioka and one other guy. I'm not thinking of. Oh, Hajime O'Hara. One of the guys he feuded with for his entire Junior Tag title run. There was like Kano and O'Hara against uh, Harada and Kotoge. And I don't, if I remember reading like the translations, they never really mentioned it. It was like, you'd think he would be like, yeah, this is this guy that, you know, we used to like beat each other up all the time and now we're friends and they never really explained it. And then um, like a month and a half later, two of them kick him out of the unit uh, for being too nice to Harada, and Yohei takes his place, and he's back with Harada. So it's like one of the longest train. And all this happened, by the way, in like like three or four years, I think. And it all it all ended up with him back with Daisuke uh, Harada. So
3: the the <laughs> well, one thing about Noah constantly jumping owners is it always feels like it's doing like weird, slight resets to the continuity.
2: Yeah. So like it, always,
3: but, it always just feels like it's a slightly different promotion each time it kind of changes.
2: But at the end of the day, he came back together with Harada. So there's something, uh, it's kind of romantic, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, so they, and, need
3: to, they need to bring the cape back.
2: They have to, like,
3: but now doing like doing like a cape comedy match with Kendo caution.
2: <laughs> but yes, now he is the junior champion. He, uh, he beat Seki Oshidoka for it. Um, on the Budokan show. And this was his first defense. And I will be honest, I did not know what to expect from this match because it's Capless uh, Kotoge against the former Hiroki, uh, who, like... What's know, he more famously known as? Hiroki. It was, like, it, it's written as high 69. Yes. It's, yeah. So, like, um, who's, like, a... Basically just, like, a kaintai dojo dude. I don't know. Not very good. Very indie. And I didn't know what to expect from this. And I will say... It was very dull to start. Like they exchanged like super exciting chin locks and stuff. They basically took it from the uh, the New Japan school of doing a very boring t- first ten minutes. Um okay, I had very little notes to take because it was just so slow and boring. Um, you know they hit each other sometimes pretty hard, but uh, this was coming right after the match we're going to talk about next, where they hit each other much harder. So it was just kind of it, it, even then it, it kind of looked like it couldn't uh, keep up really. But, you know, it was just all so slow. Which, like, when I'm watching a junior title match, especially, I, you know, I'm expecting some action, guys. It's like, come on. Like, speed this up a little bit. It and doesn't have to be
3: high-flying, but there should be something. And they it didn't be be fast. very much here.
2: Yeah. But, Kotoge finally does a decent tope con hilo to Neo on the floor just before the 10-minute call. And the match really picks up from there. Like... There's a lot faster action, which is ultimately what I want to see out of a title match after all. Uh, you know, Kotoge hits a top rope Rana. Neo comes back with this pretty cool Sunset Flip powerbomb with the second rope. And, you know, pretty much everything after 10-minute call. Lots of exciting action, really back and forth, fast stuff. And Kotoge ends up beating Neo uh, with the kill switch for the win. So yeah, started out rough, but picked up after the first 10 minutes. I thought it was good. The, the rest of the match was good enough to go three and a half. So a good match. Uh, but you may literally be better off just fast forwarding the match 10 minutes because there is no reason to watch the first 10 minutes of this match. But uh, after that, it's good.
3: Yeah, I have not. Yeah, this was not a hugely eventful one. Yeah, This was fine. Yeah. That feels like a cop-out answer. I feel like, I just want to talk about the, whenever I see him, I just want, I just want to like, think back to the cape.
2: <laughs> the cape. Uh, we
3: yeah, all miss the it. The post so. about Katoge's cape once again.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, the rest of the match was good. You know, it was, I mean, the rest of the match was actually great, which is why I think it was good overall. But like, yeah, the first 10 minutes was pretty boring. You know, nothing like horrible or anything, but just pretty boring. No,
3: they they were just kind of going.
2: Yeah. Um, and there was no challenger it came on afterwards. As far as I could tell, I looked, uh, I looked on Hisame's uh, blog, which is, you know, pretty much your go-to Noah resource. I should always like tell people this stuff. Cause I always forget how few, pe- how many people come in really late and stuff, you know, and don't really know. So I'm going to say. They have been
3: following years of Noah lore.
2: Yeah. So like, if you're looking for Noah uh, coverage, it's like tw- twitter.com. I don't know why I'm saying that part. <laughs> At H-I-5-A-M-E. So, Hisami with a 5 instead of an S. Like, she is your go-to person for Noah coverage. I mean, she does uh, a blog with translations. She just works way too hard for someone who is not being paid by the pro wrestling Noah. She's a real throwback, right? Because, like, so you know. Someone who
3: just does this?
2: Yeah. Because, like, when I first got into it, this was everybody. Like, you know, the like the fucking, you know, early to mid-aughts. It was, like, just... All these people who were following all this stuff as a passion project and posting all this all this shit, so the rest of us could, you know, uh, watch and uh,
3: like try and enjoy it.
2: it. Yeah. So like, it was totally that. That's how everybody was. Now, of course, you know, you have New Japan's entire English operation. uh, You have DDT Tokyo Joshi English update. uh, Tokyo
3: Joshi gets like multiple English commentary shows a month.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff for like I really if I stop and think about think about it, I'm like wow these uh these English speaking fans have it really really good now. But I remember that that was like a conversation in the in the voice wrestling Discord a few weeks ago, I think, because I was like there reading some other people say you know they find all Japan really hard to follow because it's uh or hard to get into because they don't have any English uh, commentary or like translations. And I remember being like. This is so far from my experience. It was like, you know, trying to figure out what Japanese wrestling was uh, was was actually happening in Japanese wrestling with like even like early five machines. or
3: six years ago, you like yeah. could like never find easy to read schedules for this shit.
2: Yeah, it was like it was basically like early machine translations was basically what I was using, and like you know, um, I, I don't know, it's just so far. It got better, so,
3: like so quick too. Yeah. Like it really feels like this whole movement to get all of this shit in English is like three years old.
2: Yeah. So and now it's have, just
3: you now like every single promotion is easy to follow.
2: Yeah. Now people are like, well, if they won't give me subtitled promos, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother. I'm just like, okay. You should try yeah. getting into this in two thousand two. That's all I can tell you. Uh, buying DVDs. <laughs> well I was I, I had a I've told the story a million times. I had like a, a Japanese immigrant rental store near my house. Like, which I would just go in there and like rent them all for like a dollar. So it was pretty great. I did not have to like wait for them to come online because like these rental stores. I, I guess a lot of Japanese immigrants in uh, New Jersey were watching Japanese wrestling because they were all getting them. Like every fucking show, they would get them in. So I was like, okay, because they basically just recorded off TV, right? That was basically what they were doing. So anything that they aired on like Samurai TV or you know any other networks at the time, it would just be it would just so show would, someone who
3: had the kind of the feed would just keep making copies and sending them out to you yeah
2: so like they just kept sending them to, to this rental store and i just would you know go in there and rent them for a dollar a dvd so it was uh it was pretty great but yeah that, that place is that place is still there by the way it's at the uh the mitsua in um in edgewater which actually now that I'm thinking about Second it's not. Second shout
3: out to Edgewater on this to episode. That is
2: true. I had it's a not, I had
3: a job interview like a month ago there.
2: <laughs> That's not their original location, but because it used to be like a standalone store, but they moved into the the Mitsua and yeah, it's still there. It's in like the Mitsuwa in uh, in Edgewater. So that is a. Uh, this is kind of crazy. Oh,
3: it's is that by like that big supermarket thing with all yeah, food court. Yeah, yeah, Mitsu
2: was the supermarket. Yeah, the Japanese. Yeah, supermarket.
3: Uh, I went there when I went out there for the interview. It's great. And it was <laughs> good. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, if you need anything uh, Japanese, and the the, soup, the the food court has a really good uh, tempura place. I love so that's what, usually what I get when I go there. But it's been a while; I haven't gone since pre-COVID. Definitely have to get back out there at some point. Uh, but yes, so the DVD rental store, like that's what you should have to do. Go there, write your DVDs and try to vaguely figure out what's going on without any English, any English support. That's what I did. Um, but yes, I don't remember what we, oh, cause I was giving people the link. But yeah, so, so like, that's how, if you want to follow Noah more and get like, uh, you know, more Noah information, that's the one to go to. There are times when I will get DMs, uh, Kevin from people who are like, you know, how do I follow X company? And I start giving this like, this just happened like last week. This guy asked, how do I follow all Japan? And I start giving him this big, long answer. I'm like, okay, well, they have an English Twitter account. They only post this and that. Uh, You know, here's this, this another website where you can like, you know, look at like uh, news articles, you can translate. And here's this other website that has results and blah, blah, blah. At the very end, I, I wrote him like three paragraphs. He just writes me, that's great stuff, but I just meant, where do I watch it? And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> at hgbw.tv." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I was like, okay, you were just like asking, literally, how do I watch the fucking thing?" And I'm just like trying to give you all these complicated the directions. Deepest stories. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, very. Uh, I just the forget entire
3: that. backstory of Joe entire- Dowring.
2: <laughs> it's just very, very. St- I'm very stupid sometimes. That's a moral of that story. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I just forget how. Um, you know that sometimes people are just asking where they watch it (laughs) there you go uh the third and final match we watched on this noah show Kazuki fujita and kendo kashin defeating takashi sugera and kazushi sakuraba uh fujita pinning sugera in 915 with the face kick this is fucking awesome i mean yeah
3: no this was this was like the best match on either show this was so good
2: Fujita has that face going for the bell rings. You know the one, if you're listening. He had the face. If <laughs> yeah,
3: if you've seen him, you know exactly where we're going.
2: And Sugara was looking right back at him. But despite that stare down, it was Kendo and Sakuraba who started out with some mat wrestling. Now, I will say, I don't agree it was the best match of either show because of the Kendo, Kashiya, and Sakuraba portion. Because I was kind of uh,
3: bored. I want to see. There's nothing
2: I want to see more than the Kendall Kasha versus Sakuraba. My shows, That's <laughs> I it. mean, is- the, the mat wrestling was fine, but then like they started doing like all the fucking like this stupid shit with like the glass on the outside. I'm so sick of that spot. He's, Kendall Kasha does it in every match.
3: I I, I will never not. <laughs> not.
2: I Kendall Kashi. I like him too, but like I don't know. He just this was kind of boring me. But then they get back in the ring and Fujita and Sugara... Are in the ring, just staring each other down, and the crowd starts going the clap crowd version of ape shit for this. They are clapping so loud; they are so into these two men staring each other down. Which I feel like the cowards who say these stare downs are bad never seem to acknowledge that people in Japan seem to love it. I mean, the clap crowd seem to love it. it the, the fucking match with like the, the the half hour stare down with him and Go it finished like third place in the. uh and one of those big matches, like I think in like multiple matches of the year polls, it made the top three.
3: I didn't even see what the like actual in Japan ones were this year.
2: Yeah, I, I think this this match, uh, one of the ones that fans voted for, I think it's the, the weekly pro wrestling like fan voting one. This finished top three, so like they love that match, Fujita and Go. I think people it also, did well. yeah, yeah, people love Fujita. but but yeah, I don't know, like this, uh. So yeah, Fujita and Sugera, they, they, they the fans love the stare-downs. I think that's all there is to it. But Sugara had enough of this shit. He starts throwing some elbows, hits a slap, uh, it leads to an elbow exchange. And these elbows got really hard, especially from Fujita who just like fucking... Just, he's just fucking hitting this guy in the face. Uh, Sugara does start throwing some harder elbows as well. Then they start throwing these hard slaps to the face. They really just let each other have it. Then they switch to the chest. And... I've seen so many between New Japan and All Japan, especially in All Japan the Champion Carnival so far. So many pedestrian strike exchanges that went on way too long. And like there was one on like All Japan, either night four or five, that was like super pedestrian and went on forever. And this was like so much better. Like this is just... one of
3: like the best one of these I've seen in like a long, long
2: time. <laughs> They were just beating the piss out of each other for this entire the entire portion and again this is this is not even the title match this is just a hype tag on a corkin so you know this was awesome awesome stuff and Fujita finally drops Sugira with a standing lariat Sugira gets right back up so Fujita just hits a second one that puts him down he hates he hits uh two straight soccer ball kicks he pulls the ref off and he tries to check on him Hits a third, covers him with one knee, and that's the pin. So he pinned his challenger ahead of the title match. This month in Nagoya. We'll see if that means. But uh, yeah, this was like sub-10 minutes. But like, uh, and I thought, again, I thought the Kendo-Kashin versus Sakuraba part was pretty throwaway. But Sugara versus Fujita was fucking awesome. So I split the difference and went three and a half on this as well. But I think it was the match of the night because the, uh, the Fujita and Sugera stuff was just so great.
3: Yeah, I thought this whole thing was great. I hope, I hope they just use Vegeta forever. Somehow, like the flabbier and kind of sillier looking he gets, the better he gets.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it is a, it is just a. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, like Vegeta. I don't know. Like the 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 more the more like old and like it like really just adds to his vibe. I guess you know, like he looks like a old fucking master or something. It looks like he could kill you by looking at you, which is exactly what he tries to do, I guess. He just kill, tries to kill you by looking at you. So, it was an all-time Teddy tweet. You remember, uh, what do you, I don't know if you are watching the Vegeta Go match live, when I think Teddy just like tweeted out, they're going so fast, you can't even see them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's nah, pretty much...
3: I don't remember that one. That's very good. <laughs>
2: but yeah i don't know i i love fujita but fujita's a point when when people talk shit about Kazuki fujita at this point i immediately think less of their opinion because
3: like, i think <laughs> i think like 95 percent of these people <laughs> whining about shit they never watched
2: yeah it's like i don't really i mean people are like oh he's so unsafe and so horrible i'm like well, i never i don't know he he never looks like he's he slaps hard he he definitely beats he like elbows and shit out of people. The the kicks don't look that bad. No, the only the kicks time
3: like fine like those they, slaps probably sting a bit, but like that's you you sign up for this. Yeah, I don't think any of those guys are complaining that he slaps them too hard. Like,
2: like I remember he did some really hard kicks against uh, what's his name in that match. The uh, he's now been the Funky Express uh, Shuhei Tanaguchi, and and that that crazy fucking five minute match they had at Sumo Hall in late twenty nineteen. But like they probably like decided to do that before the match. Like, he probably was like, okay, kick me as hard as you can. I'm like, because this is how we're going to get noticed. It's like, I don't know. Like, you can you can clearly see that he can hold back on these kicks if he, you know, if, if he needs to. And these, these kicks that he did here, I didn't think were that bad. But, uh, I don't know. He's people been call, doing
3: this for a while. I think he knows how to pull a punch by now.
2: Yeah, I, I think people really overhype the unsafe thing, especially when it's, like, pro wrestling. And, like, you know, lots of stuff that people don't think of as unsafe is, uh very unsafe (laughs) so you know i mean nobody ever like screams about it's one of these things where it's like okay people love to scream about like fujita being unsafe because he's a shooter or whatever but no one watches uh like kenny omega give okada a dragon suplex off the top rope which i guarantee you fucked up okada more than half the shit people are complaining about with fujita no one ever watches that spot and goes that's so unsafe i mean i guess some people do but, I mean, no, like, some people definitely oh, don't. The, the same way. people who yell at Fujita definitely don't.
3: Yeah, no, it's definitely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think most Fujita hate is people complaining about something twenty years ago they never actually watched.
2: Yeah, so he owns. He definitely owns now, and most of the stuff from twenty years ago is great too. Yeah, no, he owns so, then too. <laughs> I mean,
3: he, he deserves to get full credit for it. People,
2: people should watch that Tanahashi match from like New Japan. I think oh four it's somewhere around there the shibata match is awesome from around the same time i mean there's so much cool stuff in that in that run too it's one of these things where like people i don't know like there was a there's a certain narrative around that era of new japan obviously and like you know fujita gets a lot of the he he weirdly gets a lot of the blame like he was booking the fucking thing or something but i'm like no if you just want to just watch the matches the matches are great so who
3: i wonder who like the who the person who is all of this stuff always ends from like one specific guy to, like 20 years ago being the only one who was like posting about this in english who was the guy that started the fujita head?
2: Uh, maybe like zach arnold or somebody
3: I, did what did ditch think of what was ditch a
2: fujita head i feel like ditch i have no idea yeah i don't know i can't remember what Ditch thought of him i mean i'm sure melzer probably hated him
3: Oh yeah, there's no way there's no way yeah. Dave
2: liked him. Yeah, Dave, I'm sure I hated him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't really I wonder if Stuart liked him.
3: I'm gonna be like a very normal person after we do this and like scour the ditch to figure out <laughs> to if it's yeah. up, uh, he takes it down, like he keeps taking it down until uh, people then ask him to put it
2: back up. Yeah, because he's no longer involved in anything wrestling, right?
3: Uh no. Yeah. Yeah, he only do you know what he does now
2: i don't is it like something right wing or something
3: do you know what the heritage foundation is
2: oh is he really with the heritage foundation is?
3: He, he, he writes he just like writes articles about how bad he hates roads for the heritage foundation.
2: how bad he hates roads
3: <laughs> yes okay he, he just hates public infrastructure oh
2: okay well 'Cause I know there's there's some other like like Death Valley driver guy who like is a full on white nationalist. I can't remember his name. Do you know about Parv? That's what I'm thinking of, I think.
3: Yeah, of, Parv thinking. used to be like a knockoff Sargon of a COD.
2: Yeah. So like there's so many of these types, uh you know, <laughs> they turned out to be I guess the kids would say problematic.
3: But also uh, speaking of PWO, are you ready for GWE to come back?
2: No. I went to the I joined the Slack channel. Did you? Ever, did you ever join the Slack channel? Oh, I was
3: in the Slack channel.
2: It's horrible. It was like basically, I don't know, like some of the most annoying gimmicks, like gimmicking in the middle of like people trying to have sincere conversations, and like
3: I was in that as smoking Yoshino.
2: <laughs> smoking Yoshino. I don't know if I saw you or not. I was there like really early. And, oh yeah,
3: I found it way later after somebody like specifically told me. It yeah, was I think I was pre- just
2: pretty early. I yeah, never said Mike anything. Might
3: put me onto that.
2: I never said anything because I was just like watching it and like trying to see if there's anything worth I don't know, like I I'm at this point I feel like I'm too old to just do out and out trolling. I'm not really that interested in like I don't know, I'm not really that interested in arguing about wrestlers at this point. It just kind of seems like I don't really give a shit. It's like, if you like, if you love, if you think this guy who I think is stupid is the best wrestler of all time, that's good. I don't really care. It's not a big I deal. I
3: disagree. I think I will keep <laughs> fighting until everyone agrees that it's just noki
2: Okay. But I don't, I just not, nothing really bothers me. Like, I've, so, I guess I get a little annoyed when people say those bad or whatever, but that's like about the only one that, uh.
3: I, at yeah, this point, I just need to spread the word of the big chin karate man.
2: There you go. But at this point, even with NATO, it's like he's already—he basically won that fucking war. He got his big run.
3: Yeah, he got his—he got his big win. He got his big title run. I don't think. Yeah, uh,
2: it's pretty much. I don't think
3: there's anything to fight there.
2: Yeah, and I don't—I don't really feel that passionate about any uh, younger wrestlers at this point. So I don't know. Just don't really. The the entire like, I mean, it feels like the, the the discourse of wrestling right now is just like so boring. I don't know it's like everybody's like gets gets together to yell about like ratings and like
3: there's just so much of it that's uh. happening at once now that it's like the discourse is it's only people reacting to things that's happening
2: now. Yeah. Which I mean, is just like,
3: not It gets kind of tiring.
2: Yeah, there's just like nothing there's nothing interesting going on, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I look at Twitter, I scroll through these tweets, there's never any I mean, you you you've followed me on Twitter a while. I used to get in these fucking arguments with people.
3: Yeah, um, there I don't know, just the way people talk about this shit is different now.
2: Yeah, there's no there's no arguments to get in anymore. I mean there's just nothing maybe I'm just getting old. But there's I think a lot
3: people. of it is like the fan base for this feels like it's grown pretty exponentially in the past yeah. like two or three years even. Yeah. So I, it just most of the people who talk about this shit now have like no interest in just pedantically screaming about 2003 New Japan booking because they're all normal <laughs> and they've never watched that. <laughs> I, I, I really think that's mostly it, and not in like, and I, not like a condescending. Oh, they never saw anything. <laughs> like it just like they, most of these people didn't watch this until four years ago. Yeah,
2: there's just no. I don't know. There's no, and like the the big thing in the Nick like, the New Japan circles used to be like people yelling about Kenny Omega and stuff. And that's completely gone now. Yeah. And, like, like,
3: I think I, I don't think people will fight Osprey as hard. Cause I think the people who are mad about him or maybe not all of them are going to stop watching, but they're all going to stop talking about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Osprey people are like the Osprey thing has not become the same. Well, the, the thing with the Osprey thing is there's, If it was just his wrestling, I think, and it's just like his persona... No one
3: attacked Kenny with like... Or not even attacked, because that's that's the wrong way to put it. But no one disliked Kenny in the same way.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, if it was just that, I think there'd be like crazy Osprey things going on right now. But like, with this this Osprey thing, you have a a huge subset of people who actually like watching him just don't want to defend him anyway. So... Yeah. Like, nobody wants to log on Twitter and be like, yeah, Osprey's great, because it's like, well... You look like a fucking. No one
3: wants. No one wants to be like the Benoit fan, yeah, like the Teddy Hart fan, or like any of that. No one wants. Even you kind of have to enjoy that guy in silence.
2: You can't go to bat for him anymore. Yeah. So nobody. So so the argument's kind of very uh, uh, neutered on both sides, I guess.
3: Yeah. He's. No one wants to say, "Well, actually, he's good," but then, like you, and then just be told they support rape. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so no it's one want like no one wants to end up in that point
2: yeah so it's just and people just kind of, and people in general just like retreat to their corners and stuff so especially
3: again. like the new Japan people seem to have like all moved to discords
2: yeah which are you know them
3: more they, than any of the fan bases seem like the one that's just like the most kind of away from everyone else now
2: yeah you know, the discords are f- I'm in like two I'm in the super j cast and the voice of Wrestling network one I guess things can get uh a little heat in both of them but still not as much i guess there's I
3: probably know. way less people who just have wildly different opinions in the crowd in there
2: yeah like you you can't really understand like 2016 through 2018 pure old twitter unless you lived through it i guess because it, was, it was, everyone
3: was arguing about some like very fun shit.
2: <laughs> yeah it was like non-stop people screaming at each other about Nokiaism and oh, you know the Anunnaki people. <laughs> people spent so much time yelling. There were,
3: it was like fifteen guys who watched like three shows of Big Mouth Loud on YouTube <laughs> that had like three hundred other people yelling about them for like three months.
2: Yeah, it was like it was like fifteen people. They were all sixteen years old. They all they you could they all didn't watch any of it, and people were like obsessed with them. <laughs> <It's>
3: like, <laughs> they were so mad about these
2: guys. I know. Everybody, the Enokiist Chronicles. It was really something. Then, of course, it, you, you got the Enochius Civil Wars that went on for a long time after that, which uh, which was maybe even funnier than the actual Enokiism Like, you knew a, a group like that could never stay together. No.
3: And now I think most of, at least the ones I remember, just all don't even talk about this stuff anymore.
2: Yeah, there's a f- there's a few that talk about it a little bit, I guess, but like yeah, really, a lot of them.
3: Yeah. Most of like the people involved in that at least the ones I still follow just seem to all like have moved on from it completely.
2: Yeah. But they're not lifers like you and me, Kevin.
3: No. They you're not old. they're you're not old. like arguing <laughs> on old forums about how people need to watch like Bob Beckland and Oki
2: matches. <laughs> you're not like the I don't know if you're old enough yet to be considered a lifer.
3: I don't think, think I, I am. I, once think, I, I, I 30, think I need to hit I think I need to hit thirty.
2: Yeah. Like once you hit thirty and you're still watching wrestling and like talking about the internet, it's just like okay, well I guess I'm never getting out of this. But uh, Yeah, I feel like I'm already <laughs>
3: stuck with it, but it still needs to be like a few more years.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was Noah. Because again, we didn't watch the uh, first four matches. I'll get the results anyway. What the fuck? Uh, match four was uh, Ogawa, Hayata, and Susumu beating Kotaro Suzuki, Ikuda Hodaka, and Nosawa out of the question uh, in 13-16. It's still awesome how it translates uh, that. Nosawa Nosawa, wrong guy. Nosawa out of the question. Uh, Tag team match. The team who's going to be teaming up in the NOAA DET show, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura, they get the win over the Funky Express, Mohamed Yone and Shuhei Taniguchi. Uh, Kaito pinning uh, or submitting. It looks like Taniguchi in twelve oh nine. I kind of need to go back and watch that at least, just to see Funky Taniguchi. Seems like it'll be going to be awesome. Yeah, have you seen any of the pictures of Funky Taniguchi yet?
3: I have, and it's very good. I know. Yeah. I you were a Bushi no effect like watcher, unfortunately, so I know you love Maybach.
2: Yeah, I love Maybach. It's true.
3: I want. His, I want his staff back. I really <laughs>
2: like his staff. Yeah. I mean, the, the Maybach gimmick was, like, uh, you have to really go even further back, because, like, when that gimmick just dropped into Noah, which I, I feel like people who saw Evil drop into New Japan thought that was really weird, and it was it was pretty fucking weird when Evil dropped into New Japan, full King of Darkness with the Scythe and everything, but Maybach dropping into Noah in, like, 09 or 2010 or whatever the fuck it was was way weirder, because like, Noah at that point was, like, Completely serious promotion, had never really had anything cartoony at all, and here comes this fucking staff-carrying uh, fucking, I don't know what the hell he's supposed to be, like the Angel of Death Man or something. <laughs> it was like, I remember everybody being like, what the fuck is this? It was very confusing. Uh, even, Hero- oh, I sorry, know,
3: even when I first started posting about Noah, that was only like 12 or 13, and even then there were only like 30 people who were watching it.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. I mean it's these, insane these
3: seeing how much the ba- like the base for some of this stuff has grown.
2: Yeah. I mean people say, oh, nobody watches anything except New Japan, I'm like, oh you don't know what nobody watching.
3: Yeah, I have <laughs> definitely seen like English Noah shows that have probably been seen by 40 other English speaking people, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh Daisuke Harada beating Kawaii Fujimura in six eleven, and then your opener was Ohara, Yoshioka, and Yohei. Beating Juto Miyawaki at Kenya Okada and Yasutake Yano in 1036. Uh, again, sorry we couldn't get to these first four matches, but, you know, for these Noah undercards, my reviews are usually like, this is pretty good. This is fine. I mean, i usually not much to say about these things anyway, so. I'm
3: yeah. sure, yeah, I'm sure these were all fine.
2: Uh, our last thing on Noah, I guess, the upcoming show, Noah the Glory, on Thursday, April 29th, is their upcoming big show, which we will cover here on Omikase. Uh, the main event, the GHC heavyweight title, Heiji Mudo versus Mata Kitamiya. I would agree with what you said earlier. Probably no chance Kitamiya wins this fall. They, they I mean, even
3: if you hate Mudo and like the deepest level, I think you you probably just have to accept that he's holding the belt until at least the big dome show. Yeah. You're just gonna, you're just gonna have to live with him until that, I think.
2: Uh, then the match I cannot fucking wait for, Kazuyuki Fujita and Takashi Sugara for the GHC national title. Uh, so Gara could win that. I could say it. I think. But, uh,
3: he, I think he probably will.
2: Yeah. Uh, but this this is gonna fucking own. I cannot wait for the match. I mean, these two are gonna beat the f- shit out of each other. But uh,
3: you would be- probably you would probably know better than me because you can actually sort of read his posts. But where is Hideki
2: Hideki Suzuki? Yeah. Uh... Good question. I don't know. It really
3: feels like they have the entire yeah. squad other than him. They really just need to complete the gang.
2: Yeah. I mean, you you really overstate my deputy's reading abilities, I have
3: to say. Yeah, I mean, it's better than mine, which is zero. <laughs> uh,
2: so Hideki only ever tweets about fucking...
3: He loves like, soccer. Yeah, he loves soccer. The Juventus soccer. Jur- Journal.
2: Yeah. I mean, he is a... I don't know. Like I don't. He he actually retweeted some random. Like,
3: he tweets wrestling. about Julia.
2: Yeah, he tweets about Julia. I don't really see anything like saying. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Okay, here's a picture of him on a beach. He's hanging out by a a fucking dragon. Hiddeki is one of these people like, who I always like. Uh, I follow it, 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 who like you follow in wrestling. Um, oh, he's tweeting about the. He has a lot of tweets about the Super League. Uh, he wants to know if this the Super League means the end of UEFA. Uh, there you go. Yeah, he, he there's
3: tons of he, he, that yeah. one site. Every time I see the site on the feed, I just know that Hideki is doing okay.
2: <laughs> but yes, what I was gonna say is Hideki is one of these people who's in wrestling that has to be independently wealthy because I don't understand how else he's like living his life otherwise. Because he never wrestles regularly for a promotion more than like you know three months at a time, and he half the time when I look at his feed, it's like. Here, here I am next to a random dragon on a beach somewhere, like a dragon statue. I'm like, okay, <laughs> is that, you're just backpacking around Japan. I don't, I don't know. Like he's a guy who does not. I, I don't. He, m- money must not be a big thing for him. I don't know what to say. No, but uh, yeah,
3: I don't you know. know. There's like every couple. It feels like every six to eight months now. There's someone saying he's like about to be signed, but it also doesn't feel like WWE is exactly loading up on Japanese people anymore.
2: Yeah. So I don't know.
3: So he could just be kind of vanishing for his like every couple of months thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, supposedly, um, you know, like supposedly the WWE Japan thing is not dead or actually Japan, unfortunately. But uh, so I guess they could he could just be waiting. But I don't know. I mean, at this point, it, it seems like, it like the
3: original wave of people they were gonna bring into it either gave up or got moved More, to different places.
2: Yeah, Mako went to UK.
3: So Yeah, Akiyama obviously is just never there. Yeah. I don't know what Kendo Kashin was supposed to do, but he came home.
2: Yeah, he was he was a he was briefly like an NXT trainer in the He man. was in Florida, yeah. Yeah, he was in Florida. So I don't know. Well the point is I don't know what is doing, but he should show up soon because he is off. Awesome. Yeah
3: we we do need him. they have everyone else <laughs> they need him too.
2: Uh, the third and final match announced for the show so far: the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles, Yoshinari Ogawa and Hayata, defending against Ikuta Hodaka and Osawa Rangi. That could be great. The only thing holding it back is Hayata, who, like I, I maintain, is like he's like the one Noah Junior that to me is like like people say, oh, the Noah Junior business is bad. It's usually great, but Hayata is not good. I don't know what the thing the deal is with him. he's, he's like the one guy who drags some of these matches down for me. But, uh, you know, the other three are so good, though, that I don't this should still be good. I don't know. No thoughts on the big junior tag title match?
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs>
3: Oh, did I you? Am I am I am I good? Yeah, you're good. I'm sorry, I lost you. For...
2: Okay, I was saying the the junior tag title match, uh, Ogawa and Hayata against Hidaka and Nosawa Rangai. Uh Any thoughts on that? My my only thought no, was that'll
3: be that'll be good.
2: Yeah, like three out and of Nosawa four Sa- guys
3: are good. And will not give us something bad. I trust I trust their judgment.
2: Yeah, three out of four guys are good. I I never really like Hayata that much, but you know he's fine. Yeah. Uh, so there's your Noah. Okay, well, let's get over to Tokyo Joshi, still incomplete, in front of 510 fans. I don't know how we went, like, over an hour on three matches, so we'll try to... Uh, we to so many. Talking about
3: the Enokiists but I have something else. <laughs> There's breaking news.
2: Oh, what's the breaking news?
3: Uh, that, that is MLW got a Vice TV contract. <laughs> okay,
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs> But is that a promotion people really watch? That feels like one of these promotions. Lanzo like, watches it. I I guess is that the only person. I've never Someone heard of anyone else watching, watching. it. I've never heard of. Anyone me else I think on. they
3: put their show on YouTube. Let me let me take a. I
2: mean, the, the last time I remember anyone talking about anything that happened on MLW television was when they ran an angle about like the Lucha Brothers getting deported. <laughs> and that was a while ago. Now.
3: I but have ever... been to multiple MLW TV tapings. Really. Yes.
2: Yeah, I I have not. <laughs> have,
3: have you ever been to an ROH TV taping?
2: Yeah, they're they're horrible.
3: Yes. So yeah. imagine that, but lower rent. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Uh, okay, so the, but, interview- um, the last
3: episode of MLW Fusion was five days ago. It was main evented by Alex Hammerstone versus Mill Mortez, two Noah Legends, I believe. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it has seventy six thousand views.
2: Okay, it's look somebody's watching it, I guess. I don't yeah, know people
3: who. are watching MLW. I. It looks like they get like eighty to a hundred thousand views of all their episodes in like a week.
2: Yeah, good for them. I guess I don't know. They have like <laughs> the,
3: the the current generation Von Erich kids.
2: Oh, including the one who's the, the one one the Lacey Von Erich is crazy.
3: I don't think they brought her in, but they should. Okay.
2: Yeah. You we see that montage Lake. of her at WrestleCon?
3: <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay.
2: So she, Lacey Von Eric, for people who haven't seen it. We're getting on topic again, but I gotta I gotta tell this one. So she, her whole thing is she will go to these WrestleCons to make money, but she do, she never watched wrestling and she fucking hates it. Because you know it killed her fucking whole family, so it's understandable. Yeah,
3: it's totally reasonable.
2: So she's wandering around this WrestleCon, you know, in between making comments about how uh, she hates masking, she hates wearing a mask. She's basically just like trying to understand what's going on. She'll run into wrestlers and be like, "There's like she runs into Kevin Nash wearing an NWO or uh, an NWO shirt. Apparently, thinks that's MLW." And says like, "Oh, you work for them too." And Kevin Nash is like, "Huh?" And she's like, "You work for them, right? For them, the one on your shirt." And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Oh, yeah, me too." And then she like leaves. That's the entire conversation with Kevin Nash. There's no idea like
3: a parody in the Fugo shirt that she saw.
2: And she like runs into Ted DiBiase and like on camera, like says that you know, "Oh, you work for WWE? Yeah, they killed my they killed my dad." and, like, wanders off, and Ted gets this look on his face. Like, he is not happy, because I guess he's wearing, like, a WWE, like, uh, you know, like, a WWE, like, off, like, a uh, polo. And, yeah, it's just an amazing video. You have to go watch it. Like I, I do. I want to see here. her
3: cute, I want to see her just, like, <laughs> assault the Million Dollar Man like that.
2: It's, like, really? It is really, uh, it's really something, that, that whole video. So, yeah, it's really worth watching. But, yeah, she's, she seems insane. But, you know, in a in a good way.
3: Yeah, uh, this, that's like the essential
2: part of this. Yeah. Hey folks, it's time for another awkwardly inserted ad read here since I forgot to record it while we're recording live for the second week in a row. But I just need to let you know here that Wrestling Omakase this week is once again brought to you by Manscaped. Now, if you've ever been sitting around at home asking yourself who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, there's only One answer to that, it is Manscaped. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men. Folks, like I said last week, that's a lot of men. Over 2 million men worldwide uh, trust Manscaped To give them the best grooming experience. And now you can too. Because we have an exclusive offer for my listeners. 20% off and free shipping. With the promo code OMAKASE. That's O-M-A-K-A-S-E at Manscaped.com. So basically here. uh, If you want to trim that junk of yours. 20% off. Free shipping with the code OMAKASE at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. So, you know, get 20% off right now, free shipping right now, promo code OMAKASE, MANSCAPED.COM. That's 20% off, free shipping, MANSCAPED.COM, with our promo code OMAKASE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with MANSCAPED. So let's get to Tokyo Joshi, Uh, still incomplete, April 17th, 2021. Cork and Hall, 510 fans Two hundred plus more than these New Japan cards
3: These, I I watch this live with people, and thankfully we like all were in agreement of just the mutual respect for like the absolute beasts that show up in the middle of a deadly pandemic to watch Tokyo. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: in a country like they can't like you cannot even get vaccinated in Japan. You can't unless you're like a medical worker. You you're not getting vaccinated right now in Japan. I think they've vaccinated like five thousand old people or something. Like total, uh, like these people are the real crazy people. Never mind the Russell Con, uh, or not Russell Con, the uh, the GCW people. Like some of those twenty people might have been vaccinated, you know. And and you know, I mean, that's, did you watch that's, any I, of the many week shows? I, I did not.
3: I was shocked with how many people were at like the Friday and Saturday night shows.
2: Oh yeah, well, these, I, saw I, just the, seeing... I saw the
3: pictures of the day where there was like fifteen people, but it looked like they they had hundreds of people at the night ones.
2: Well, nothing really surprised. An
3: yeah, but uh, I didn't think enough people flew in to like get that many
2: people there. Because I didn't. This is the first year for Mania weekend where I had I did not know a single person who was going.
3: No, I mean, which is I expect, I assumed it was just people who lived in driving distance.
2: <laughs> yeah, because like, I did not know a single person, and you know, obviously, tons and tons of people I know go to Mania weekend, and
3: I, yeah. you know, I knew at this point I, I know twenty plus every year.
2: And I know plenty pl- plenty of people who – I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. I could have gone, I guess, pretty safely.
3: I am not. I just got the first one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I got the first one like February 15th or something. So, you know, I, I would have been past my two weeks for my second shot. Uh, I just was not going to fly to Florida to see this mania weekend. No. I mean, it really, really was not a safety issue for me. Yeah,
3: I just go. wouldn't go.
2: I just wouldn't go to Florida. Are you
3: saying you don't want to? Are you saying you don't want to go to Florida in the middle of a pandemic to watch uh, Alley Cat's real hot?
2: <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. But
3: yeah, I don't
2: believe you. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. These these people are the true mad men mad men and women. Yeah, these
3: are like <laughs> the true beasts that keep the Tokyo Joshi Pro fandom alive.
2: Uh, but yes, yeah, so the main event here for the Princess and Princess title. Rikitsubu defeats Maki Ito with the missile hip in 1936 for her second defense. Uh, apparently, we're going to disagree here because I thought this was good. Um, I
3: I really expected to like love love this, and I thought it was just okay. Yeah,
2: I mean, this I I you might be the I mean, you might they might be more like I know Liam and uh, the voice. It, it seemed Black. like
3: it's the people I talked to. It seemed like it was like 60-40. Like, really liked
2: it. Yeah. I mean, I was a little bit below four stars, but I thought it was really good. Um, You know, like, Maki was, like, really taking control of this one from the start. Like, really working over Rika. Uh, But Rika, of course, fired up with these multiple hip attacks for a two count. Um, You know, Maki got a DDT on the apron just before the 10-minute call. And then Maki, you know, this I loved. She started, like, specifically targeting Rika's hips with her headbutts. Uh, and she hits, like, one off the top rope that looks like it landed directly on the hip. And this is equal parts logical and ridiculous-looking, so (laughs) I really liked it. Uh, Maki, at one point, just starts fucking biting Rika's hand out of nowhere. Uh, you know, very vicious. And Rika, though, gets Maki in the dragon sleeper. Maki puts her middle finger up when the referee starts dropping her arm to check on it. Um, Maki then gets her own dragon sleeper on, but Rika, or, and then turns it into a DET just when it looks like Rika's about to get out. Uh, Rika gets a top rope like twist of Fate or like a cuddle, a cutter, I mean. Uh, very Nigel McGuinness style, I thought. Remember, he used to have the London Tower, I think he called it. Uh, that was a very close near fall. And she goes for the Dragon Sleeper again. Maki avoids it, gets a jackknife hold for her own very close near fall. But then runs right into a very big hip attack from Rika. You know, when she really gets great, uh, on some of these hip attacks, she gets like a great standing leap, and she got a really great one here. Uh, and then Rika hits the twist of fate, uh, the missile hip, and that's the pin. I thought it was really good by the end. A little slow, maybe, but it built I well. What
3: I, my only issue, it felt like they just did way too many like kickouts. Mm I thought that, and there, there was one point where they just did they, they did like a kind of like stunner like move for the second time, and I'm just like, all right, let's let's take this home. Let's
2: get <laughs> this. Yeah, I don't know. It, I thought it built really well with good drama. I mean, it's Sam spoiled, so that helped. Oh uh, uh, yeah, was, I watched
3: it live, so it was not. This yeah. is the this is the best promotion because they run all of their shows to finish at like midnight our time.
2: Yeah. But it was like a, you know, I had a sincere feeling of not knowing which way this was going to. Yeah,
3: I was 50-50 going into it.
2: Yeah. So I went three and three quarters. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Just not quite a four-star level to me. Uh, Afterwards, Rika delivered a promo where she puts over Maki Ito and then challenges Miyu Yamashita, the former super ace. Uh, I'm not really surprised by that considering what happened on the undercard, which we'll get to
3: yeah I yeah. also yeah, I don't know who else would have been It feels like they've done if, like all the other names,
2: yeah En she... you're
3: not gonna do a She obviously again, the next result we'll get to,
2: yeah,
3: and you're not I don't think they're gonna do title versus title already. It feels like they just made that other belt,
2: yeah, last year, I think. Uh, they made an international title, like, right before the pandemic, which is, uh, Is that still
3: technically on Thunder Rosa, or did they pass that... Sentence? No,
2: well, that well, that's now... It was in match five with Yuki Kamifuka.
3: Oh, I don't know why I'm thinking... like I'm thinking of, like, a third title for some reason.
2: Uh, I see. No, it's, like, a second title, yeah. Second, second, mm-hmm. title. But Rika says uh, she's never beaten Miyu. Uh That doesn't seem to be true, though. She pinned Miyu, according to Cage Match, for the DDT Iron Man title in November 2018 in Saitama. Uh, it doesn't even have a match time listed, though, so probably just under some wacky circumstance, and she's not counting that. So Yeah, I assume, yeah.
3: I, I assume that's non-counting.
2: But either way, she's, she seems to be 0-3 against Miyu in quote-unquote normal singles matches. Their last meeting was a Princess of Princess title match at Cork and Hall, May 3rd, 2018. So it's kind of like coming full circle here because they're going to meet again.
3: I know ahead. I had that as a top five match of the year, the year they did that.
2: Yeah, that was an awesome match. I remember that one. But they're gonna meet here May fourth, twenty twenty one, back at Corrigan. So, three years later, uh, does Yamashita win? We'll put you on the spot. I say no. Um, I how long ago did she lose the belt? It's been a, it's been a while now. It's been like I think like twenty nineteen, like mid twenty nineteen.
3: I think I think she's gonna win.
2: Yeah,
3: I don't see like the. I don't know. I don't see who the next person is if they don't drop it here. I feel like they beat everyone high on the card.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. Yes, yeah, so I'll,
3: uh, I'll say yes. I think they're going to change it here.
2: If we have to mention, by the way, a full pre a, full pre-show, a few uh, pre-show announcements. I want to mention. Um, they the show opened with the announcement of this year's Princess Cup schedule. So they're doing four straight shows at Shinkiba, uh July twenty second through July twenty fifth for the first and second rounds, a, the semifinals on July thirty first at Shinjuku Face. And then the finals will be uh, August 15th at Corken Hall. Uh, we will have daily tournament coverage just like we did last year on the Omakase Patreon. So, Wrestling Omakase.
3: How long have mm-hmm. you been watching this promotion?
2: Uh, for, I think, since like, God, I don't know about the year. Whenever, whenever they were doing Saki Sama versus Rika Tatsumi the first time, so I want to say that's 2017. Maybe I feel like
3: see? I started watching it like whenever the first DDT Universe launched and they started putting it up was when I started watching. Yeah,
2: it. so we probably started watching it at the exact same time. I
3: can't believe how good like all of these people are now.
2: Yeah, I know. It's I very see. funny to
3: think of just how much like most of these people sucked.
2: Yeah, I know. So let me see where can I where can I find Saki? See if I can find her matches. But yeah, I mean, I just remember when I first started watching whenever that was. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what year VT Universe launched. It was it twenty seventeen? Maybe it was twenty sixteen. I don't know.
3: I think it was seventeen or eighteen, yeah.
2: Okay. Because it looks like Rika okay, so it looks like the big Saki Sama and Rika Tesumi feud like they did a little a few matches in twenty fifteen, but it looks like the big feud was twenty seventeen. So that has to be when I was watching. So because I definitely remember that feud. So that was because I remember thinking that Feud was like the only good thing in the company at the time. Because like so many of those other wrestlers, like you said, were just not good. So no,
3: yeah, that was like the very earliest part of all these people's career.
2: Yeah. And I don't know, it seems like they've gotten the rookies they've gotten since have been a little better quicker, probably. Yeah. Maybe they, it's just being Some more... of them have
3: just they, they definitely have their share of bombs, but like one of every three of them is picking it up somewhat quick now.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's probably just being able to work with people who other people know what they're doing instead of like, you know, all of them trying to figure it out together at once, which was really something. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so I was yeah, so you and I probably started watching on the same time because I, I remember having a conversation with uh, Jamie who runs the Dramatic Det site and just talking about like how bad it was. and Now we might have been the only two people watching it, but
3: like uh... it's like, uh, it's like <laughs> you two, me, Teddy. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I mean, it, like it the made... only
3: true original Nodoka heads.
2: <laughs> it really picked up after that, but uh, you know. Anyway, the other thing, the other big thing we got pre-show here is we meet Yuki Arai, who is a current member of the idol group SKE forty-eight. Is uh, that that's... one of the big ones? That is one of the big ones. One of the forty-eight groups. I mean, that's the one that. Uh, if you do, you remember the name Jarena Matsui? That was she the was person
3: like... they used to have do like the New Japan. Yeah, and she
2: she had like a crush on Kenny Omega. That was always a thing. And, like, yeah, she uh, she was, like, SKE48's, like, ace of the group until, or center, whatever the fuck they call it. I should, that's my friend Ethan. He knows all, he idolizes his, like, his whole life. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, Yuki Arai. She's from SKE48. Uh, Jarena just graduated, by the way. I think, like, I think like literally a week ago was her graduation concert.
3: Oh, that's what all the—that's who's with like all the pictures they have of Marifuji flexing in the idol concert.
2: <laughs> I guess right. So. You have yeah. you seen these? I haven't seen them. I don't know. But but yeah, so Yuki Arai she debuts with Tokyo Joshi Tokyo Joshi on the May fourth Korokan. So I guess she will be the first ever active idol roster member of like a real. Joshi promotion, because I mean, they obviously all those idols have their own promotion, and you know, where like uh, Asha Kong trade them and stuff, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that maybe they, I should ask the... Uh, some like Joshi expert people. Yeah,
3: someone I know. I know this can't be true. No offense. I think you do too, but yeah. I have no idea what the right answer is. It's probably yeah. someone in 1992. from... Yeah, of, probably, form that I there just must have been
2: some know. other. There must be some other idol group that put a fucking wrestler, but like full time. I guess is the question. I don't know.
3: I want. So I guess we'll... Are they? Are they putting like real money into this now?
2: I don't know. It's a good question, right?
3: Because the. The idea of them having like money to play with with this promotion is always so funny. It gets, <laughs> there's just so many funny people on this roster. Yeah, like the more like quote unquote actually good people you bring in, the weirder it's gonna get. Yeah, like having to having to have like normal people do Raku matches. <laughs> uh,
2: Yuki Arai said, "Quote and again, uh, DT Pro underscore ENG for all these translations." DDT Tokyo Joshi uh, English update. So, if you don't know that, he did, obviously we use him all the time for DDT. We use his uh, his Twitter translations, but also he does it for Tokyo Joshi show too. So, uh, she said, "quote I will be debuting as a wrestler while being an idol, so I'm still a bit nervous whether you fans will accept me, but I hope that people will look back to my debut as as a success, watch me grow and evolve." So, there you go. And the Tokyo Joshi show she's debuting at will also have English commentary. So. I don't, they didn't they say I don't this back they didn't say live I don't know if it's gonna be live or not
3: they, were they like I feel like it's, it's always live okay
2: it? I don't know I <laughs> think the
3: last time I tried to watch it live that it wasn't it feels like every time I want to watch it it's always on live.
2: okay so I'll try it out if it's gonna be live so I'm sure we'll cover it because you know the Corrigans are fun uh, then the up-up girls came out to do a performance if you're wondering Raku's train of the day is the uh, Odo Rico which is a limited express train service in Japan uh, operated by JR East and JR Central and the EZQ Corporation and Izu Hakone Railway, which runs between <laughs> Tokyo and Shimoda, uh, or uh, Shuzenji in, Shiz- in Shizuoka Prefecture. How many
3: Raku trains of the day have you personally been
2: <laughs> on? I don't know. I definitely haven't been on that one, but I've been on a bunch of them.
3: That one sounds a little bit specific. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that one sounds like a, like a, it's a little obscure probably, but that's your train of the day. <laughs> the Raku train of the day. Somebody, I hope someone's keeping a list. I really, if this you're keeping the, a list.
3: This is the best promotion in the world, right?
2: <laughs> it's high up there. If you're keeping a list of Raku train of the days, please uh, at me on Twitter, at Russell Omikase.
3: We need to figure uh, out how many you've been on.
2: Yeah, I really want to know the Raku yeah. train of the day. You've been to Japan, haven't you?
3: For very briefly.
2: Okay. So we probably haven't been on that many trains in the no. day. No. Raku train of the day. I don't know why, but when when I read that, you know, when I hear when I hear her start talking, i I think of like Booker T's Fave Five. So that's the same it has the same energy. It has the same energy to me as the Fave Five. So the Booker T Fave Five, the Raku train of the day. That's the same energy to me. But there you go. Uh, the semifinal for the princess tag team titles. Uh, I'm sure you were very upset. Saki Sama and May Say Michelle. Uh, they defeated Nidoka Tenma and Yuki Aino when uh, May pinned Ino with a cradle in 1736. So the Bakaratsu sisters fail in their third defense, and Niobishiki Goon become the eighth tag team champions. Do you want to? Can, uh, you can probably pass this pop quiz. This is Saki. Do you know what what uh how many tag title reigns Saki has had?
3: Um, tag title reigns. I'm gonna say three.
2: Yes, this is her third one. Do you can you remember her two prior partners?
3: Um, one was Azusa Christie, and yes. the other was Hyper Missile. Right?
2: Yeah. There you go. So she's had three tag title reigns with three different partners. So, uh, obviously, both are a record. I don't think anyone else has even held these belts twice so far. So.
3: Uh, yeah i again. don't think anyone else has had it three it out really of feels eight feels right. like they split they always split the tag teams up other than this one yeah which even then technically they just bring back new incarnations of
2: yeah so the the neo basically they won the uh max heart tag team tournament extremely tokyo joshi tag team na- or tournament name to earn this title shot uh during the build-up again quoting from the uh, english update account Saki Sama said the sisters should retire and find jobs as the amusement park mascots, Cork and Pork. So the sisters responded by coming up with food truck menus to sell in the park. Like they, brought these, they showed this in the preview. The they brought these little fucking sandwiches to them that the, had pork on them. And Saki looked disgusted. So, <laughs> it's What do they think of this shit? I don't know. It's a great, whatever emotion. Uh, May was was very upset at the referee for not letting Saki Sama have the red corner. I guess they weren't listening when they were clearly announced as our corner, but uh, you know, blue corner. Uh, so May and Adoka, no shit, start this match off with a fucking dance off. Like, I felt like I was watching Jack Evans in like 2004, but more (laughs) like the, the ballroom spinning version. Uh, they even start dancing together. But then the evil maid turns on Nodoka and starts attacking her. So, uh, but yeah, just watching them dance <laughs> was so fucking funny. Uh, doesn't go well for her though, and it's kind of funny to watch Nodoka carry uh, May into the Bakuretsu Sisters' corner while May yells like Saki Sama, like very desperately, just very funny. Uh, but Saki Sama does intervene from the outside, which lets May take control. And, you know, at one point she does, like, this slow bridge, like, leaning back into an Indian deathlock with an increasingly, like, serial killer-like smile. It was genuinely creepy. I don't know. It looked genuinely creepy, like, her watching her do this. Uh, Saki-sama, at one point, like, suplexes Yuki Aino onto her own sister and then takes Mei by the hand and, like, lifts her onto the second rope so she can do a double stomp uh, onto the, to the sister pile. That was awesome. It was like the perfect combination of like Saki Sama's whole like look at how elegant I am, like hand motions, but like which just really cool and like kind of innovative offense. So I mean look, Saki Sama she plays his character better than like anyone else in wrestling plays a character. I'm incredibly
3: even think, committed to this.
2: I don't even think it's I don't even think it's close, actually. I can't think of anybody who is as into been I,
3: doing this for so long too.
2: Yeah. Like, I, don't, I can't think of anybody who is more convincing than, than Saki Akai is as a fake French noble or the fuck you're supposed to be. So, it's really something. Uh, Nadoka, you know, gets this, like, really tight headlock takedown of May. I don't mean that as in, like, an outdated slang phase, but, like, really physically tight headlock. And, like, it looked better than pretty much all the headlocks. On the last champion carnival show I watched, not to keep making fun of the champion carnival, but like which I, I said has been good, but this headlock was better than because one of the champion carnival nights was like obsessed with headlocks. I think it was night five, and this headlock was better than all of them.
3: Well, that from all Japan currently can't compare Tokyo Joshi to Pro. It's yeah. just not. It's not on the same level.
2: <laughs> it's very true. Uh, they go back and forth with flash pen attempts until May finally rolls Nodoka up to the pen. And that gives Neo Bishiki Goon the belts. I'm not sure if I should be surprised at that finish or not. I thought maybe with the heels winning the tournament as their big achievement, that was just like to set them up losing the big challenge here. But uh, I can't really blame them for going all the way with this team. It's, uh, you know, Mei is very amusing as this maid. You can tell she really enjoys doing it. So Uh, it does suck for the, the Bakuretsu sisters, but they did have a. They had a longer title than I thought, before I looked it up. It was like 161 days, uh, you know, so over five months. And, you know, only two defenses, but, you know, could have been worse. Uh, But, yes, the match itself was quite good. A lot of the good back and forth and a lot of good back and forth stuff, a lot of good double teaming from both sides. I went three and a half.
3: Yeah, I can't believe this gimmick has been good for like five years.
2: It is really weird.
3: This is it, this shouldn't have like the longevity it's had.
2: Yeah, like the fans never seem to get tired of it, and Saki never seems to get tired of doing it. I mean, maybe part of the part of why it's good and why it works—they always they,
3: pull it off for like, yeah. months at a time.
2: Yeah, they always give it a break. So like when it's, maybe it's getting a little sale or something, they give it like six months off or something. So
3: that could be. They the need key. to bring Yukio back.
2: Yeah or what was that his name right i think
3: it's something close to that
2: <laughs> and what and the doctor who like uh turned out to be an evil doctor or something i remember i remember that's how R- rika tatsumi lost one of her matches he like turned on the doctor turned on him.
3: what happened to uh,
2: martha martha that's a g- big question i don't know that's
3: an important question
2: to yeah answer. that was how the doctor turned i now remember this so Rika Tatsumi thought she finally had uh, Saki-sama cornered because she was going to have Martha get an inspection uh, by this doctor to prove that Martha was actually a man, which I'm like, I don't know if I love this angle for, for a couple of reasons, but okay. And the, but then the doctor was like, no, Martha's a woman. And, uh, you know, Rika Tatsumi's freaking out. And it's like, well, how, how did you come to that conclusion? And then it's revealed the doctor was in Saki-sama's corner all along. So there you go. What a twist. So,
3: This is art?
2: This is art. Uh, but yes, this they, the they got... Demand. This one what the people demand. They got interrupted in their post-match by the B-Stars, who earlier were, uh, you know won a match, so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But yes, their title challenge will happen on the May 4th, Corrigan. I should mention who the B-Stars are. Mariah Mayumi and Suzume. Uh, and Saki-sama only gave in because she said that she and May were in a rush to get back to leveling up their Monster Hunter characters. It was a little weird thing for her to say. <laughs> not as I expected her to say at all. Uh, but May was, like, frozen from the shock of being interrupted. She did not move a fucking muscle for all this time. It was amazing. Saki-sama had to finally, like, wave the other tag belt in her face like she's some kind of fucking pet to get her out of this uh, frozen state, and she went nuts for this belt. So, uh, there you go. She's very happy to have both belts, so. And Saki-sama doesn't give a shit, because she's Saki-sama, she don't need no belts.
3: Is the Bumblebee, like, the fastest rising, like, one of their trainees to go from funny to just pretty good at this? Oh, Suzume? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think she is, probably. Like, she's actually... Because Mariah Mayumi was one of the ones who was good, like, she was good the moment she debuted.
3: Yeah, they put her on right away. Yeah. The Bumblebee was, like, very bad for the first, like, month or two but got good quick and like the ones of them that aren't the ones of them that don't start getting good after a few months generally stay not very good yeah so speaking uh, of the tjp undercard did you see the sad news
2: well oh that the, that uh the the, the space rangers okay space ranger yeah i was gonna yes. get to that when we get their match but it's very sad what are you gonna do
3: I am. Uh, match Any, number anytime five. Anytime they lose a member of the Tokyo Joshu Master Pro- is always sad.
2: It is very sad. Uh, match number five, Yuki Kamefuku defeats now Kakuda with the Famouser 902, uh, Yuki's third defense. Speaking of people who used to be bad, like, remember how horrible Yuki Kami Fuku was? <laughs> like, she could not move in the wrestling ring. This and, is someone
3: who, by their own omission, had never watched this stuff before kind of just taking this weird gig to do it.
2: Yeah. So she had no, she had no fucking frame of reference for it. She did not have any natural talent for it, that's for sure. And, um, you know, she will tell. I mean, I look, I I did her, uh, during like the early days of the pandemic, I did her, when she was offering Japanese lessons, I did that. So I was, like, was on a Zoom with her, and she was basically explaining how she hates doing singles matches because she thinks she's horrible at them. And that was last year. So, I mean, you know, like, we're talking, like, year, Yeah,
3: now another year of Yeah,
2: like, basically last year. So, like, she would tell you more than anybody that she was horrible. And at that point, I didn't think she was even that horrible anymore, and I thought she was being no, she was fine, too hard but... on herself. But now, now she's, like, pretty good. Like, she's gone from being one of the worst wrestlers in, on the roster to being, like, perfectly acceptable. At one point, she does a front suplex in this match that, like, was one of the better front suplexes I've seen in, a, in quite a while. So, you know, she's gone from being, like, really awkward at even the most basic wrestling moves to, like, you know, she's doing them pretty well. Did they hire, yeah.
3: like, real trainers at some point in the year, in the last, like, year and a half?
2: Yeah, maybe, right? There's
3: got to just be some, I don't know. Like, some of these people have just, get, they've all gotten, like, good fast at the same exact time.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, this was a pretty good match. I went three and a quarter here. Uh, now almost got a victory, but, because uh, she survived the first Famouser and then got the, uh, got her cross face locked in. But Yuki escaped this tribute to the late Chris Benoit and put her away. <laughs> With a second famous, sir, a famous we're shouting ass, out I the know. Crippler. Uh, nothing too special here. <laughs> nothing too special here, but a pretty good little match that I enjoyed. I went three and a quarter.
3: This is uh, the Rat Chaser match, I believe. The was Rat the build
2: Oh yeah! Isn't that what she kept calling her? I think something like that. Yeah. They were. They were
3: she's, she's, she's clearly proud of that one because they kept saying it over and over. <laughs>
2: Uh match number four. Okay. This was fucking weird as shit. It was a three-way tornado tag, okay? That's how this match was presented. Uh Hyper Missile and Shoko Nakajima versus the Magical Sugar Rabbits, uh Mizuki and Sakazaki versus B Star, Mariah and Suzume. Um First of all, Magical Sugar Rabbits have a new theme song remix. mix. That's like a piano intro before they get into the mashup of the theme songs. New gear too, very good stuff. But like the star of this match uh, Misao and Shoko get in an argument uh, about the effectiveness of Misao's secret plans. And Misao is like, fine, I'm going to go join the Sugar Rabbits. And Shoko's like, fine, I'm going to go jo- join B-Star. And the match seems like it got changed into a normal six-person tag from a three-way tornado tag. Because it's not just that like, the two sides, you know, are are like three each at this point, but like they start standing on the apron and doing tagging themselves in and out. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I am not the only person who was confused here. The Japanese announcers are like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they start fighting each other, and then they start fighting their own teammates, and then other people are still standing on the apron, and the Japanese announcers are like, is it a three-way tag? Is it a six-person? Like, I guess the idea was... Maybe, they never really explained this. I guess the idea was that Misao's secret plan was to pretend they were on each other's teams, and then to try to get the win that way. But, like, it's very unclear... (laughs) And it doesn't make, I mean, it just was really needlessly confusing. Um, but yeah, what I could make out of the announcers, they were just as confused. Uh, but yes, m- the the end of the match, Mariah got a gigantic pin, the biggest of her career. Uh, she pinned Shoko Nakajima with one of her awesome lariats. Uh, obviously a big step up for her for, uh, you know, pinning a former Princess of Princess champion here. And you can hear the crowd like audibly react. So, you know. Both the sugar rabbits too did a great job of looking like they're they were in disbelief. So finish was cool. Match itself didn't really land with me. I thought it was needlessly confusing. It's not that interesting. Tour. Yeah,
3: I do not. Uh, I do not get most of the Miseo stuff they've done for the past like at this point like two years.
2: <laughs> well, you have to. You really just have to read the translations, but like you do. But you have to this- read
3: it while you're watching it and.
2: This time, even doing that, though, didn't really help. So, I don't know. Yeah, if, I like, there just was never
3: knock out what they were going. I think this is something you just have to speak the language to really get.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I I, I think even then this was a badly executed one, though. Because there was never a moment where either one of them was like, ha-ha. It just kind of happened. I don't know, they just kind of started fighting each other.
3: Yeah, so, I don't get yeah. what they're doing with this.
2: Yeah, it was really weird. But, back to good here. Really good. I thought this is the match of the show. Yeah, uh, this Miyu is the
3: best on this one.
2: Yeah, Miyu Yamashita defeats Sakari Noah with the skull kick in 930. Um, you know, Miyu, she seemed to be like in a especially nasty mood here. She had like this angry scowl on her face pretty much from the moment she walked out uh, for the start of the match. So I don't know what was up with that. I don't, I don't know if there's like a storyline reason I'm missing, but she was like really angry in this match for some reason. Uh she pretty much dominated Noah on the mat early, very unsurprising. But then Noah Noah's able to turn the tables with a rolling cradle right into a covert twist, really cool little transition. But Miyu was able to make it to the ropes to break. Uh, Noah stays in control for a bit after that. Miyu quickly shuts her down with a big tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, a jumping lariat, and then a nasty-looking Fujiwa armbar just before the five-minute call. Like she's really stretching this arm and Noah's selling here was great as well. Uh, Noah is finally able to get the ropes to break that one. Uh, Noah then gets back on the offensive, gets a pair or gets a missile drop kick. Uh, but me, puts her right back down with a kind of weak looking knee attack to the head. But uh, that leads to a back and forth sequence. I really liked uh, the highlight is where me, just like deadlifts Noah out of nowhere. Like, Miyu is one of these wrestlers who's like even more powerful than I look like, I feel like. Like she has like just, I don't know, like the uh the leg strength or something, but she's like really deadlifts girls sometimes. Yeah. And like lifts her straight into a Death Valley driver position. Uh Noah maneuvers herself onto Miyu's back from there, though, and gets like a cobra twist out of there. Miyu escapes, gives a very angry looking back. Uh, look back to the camera, which had the female commentator just saying scary repeatedly when she said that. Because like she was uh, very frightened. And Miyu at that point uh, sort of like powers her way back to her feet. In a way, it's a little hard to describe, but it looked really cool. Uh, Hikari, though, counters back and hits a blizzard suplex hold. I love the Hikari Noah's keeping the blizzard suplex alive. Who the fuck else does a blizzard suplex in 2021? You know? Uh, that was it. Do you know who came up with that move? It's a wrestler. I do not like, who. So it's a wrestler no one would ever get now because uh, he became so different from uh, his original persona. Fucking Takashi Izuka was the Blizzard Suplex guy. Really? Yeah, like during his original New Japan run. I should say I don't know a hundred percent that he invented it. I guess I think he did, but either way, it was like he definitely used it, you know, nonstop from the like mid '90s on. So until he went. You know, into that crazy wild man gimmick. I think he did one in his last match, uh, and people like really popped for it because he hadn't done it in years and years at that point. When the uh, in that wild man gimmick he was doing, Uh, it was a
3: great gimmick.
2: It was a great gimmick. I missed the wild. I mean, it was for as much shit as people give New Japan, uh, they you know some a lot of it deserved. They nailed that Izuka retirement, like having him just fucking rampage into the distance, basically (laughs) without ever like turning back or anything. It was so great.
3: I looked this up. There's gifs of Bison Kimura doing it, who I think appeared in the mid to late 80s. Okay, so maybe so he actually. That, did. So she's probably the first one. Yeah, yeah, she's
2: probably the inventor. Uh, but I guess Izuka kept kept the flame alive for a long time, and now so it went from Bison Kimura to Takashi Izuka to Akari Noah. What a lineage!
3: That like is, it. yeah, that's. That is, I mean, anytime you get a Zuka in directly, you know you've <laughs> done something great.
2: Exactly. Uh, Noah, at this point, oh, so Miu gets her foot on the rope for the Blizzard Suplex. Noah then tries to score the pin with some flash cradles, gets a very close near fall with one of them. Uh, but Miu tries for the skull kick. Noah keeps ducking that and ducks some more kicks, then gets her super kick for a two count. But then Miu finally gets the skull kick, kills her with it as, as usual. And that's obviously her pen. But yeah, this was a really good sprint. Really a lot of fun. Really inventive sequences here. Uh, I loved it. Like I said, everything from that deadlift, eye driver on. Uh, and like me, was like, like nastier attitude than usual. was really interesting to me. And, you know, at the time watching this, I was like, well, with her having been out of the main event scene for a while now, perhaps she'll go back to the title. And that, that did happen after the, uh, you know, she is the next challenger, as we found out earlier that I night. I feel
3: like she was the obvious challenger no matter who won. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, but Akari you Noah know, did get a lot more offense than I thought she would here, so and she looked great. So I would gladly like wait to see this one. Three and three quarters, for sure.
3: Yeah, this is very good.
2: Uh, match two was Miyu Watanabe, Raku, and Palm Harajugu beating Yuna Manase, Mahiro Kiryu, and Haruna Neko. Raku pinned Neko with the Dr. Yellow in 10 10. Uh, first of all, Palm's entrance as an unofficial third member of the Up Up Girls. Pretending she had a mic in her hand and was singing along. Very cute. Uh, she was very excited about this. So uh, there you go. And then Haruna Hiro- Neko, she's like a surprisingly... Or it's like a really underrated comedy wrestler. She comes up with like genuinely innovative ideas for a gimmick. Like early in this match, she does a sliding double cat scratch to a seated in Palm Juku. I was <laughs> like, okay. Uh, this so, yes. is the
3: like least... Uno- like least mad to be here yuna same match in a long time
2: at least yeah for sure
3: the past couple of times they have brought her back she was just like looked annoyed
2: yeah maybe she missed it finally but i was gonna bring her up right now because like i'm i'm a, definitely a mark for powerhouse joshi and yuna like just does a great job throwing these other girls around like always uh, i definitely miss having her around more on tokyo joshi shows and see uh resigned as a roster member she was a
3: replacement on this one right
2: i think so something like that i think that i guess
3: i mean she's still contracted to like the ddt family
2: yeah so i was about to mention like she seems to be doing a lot more intergender stuff in Gambare. that's where she ended up in Gambare. uh you know she's uh you know that may have been why she went ended up there maybe she wanted to do that i mean it makes sense given her size i mean she's like five seven and you know a big lady so she easily could look like I'm sure she looks convincing in there with like it's not like Gambare, I'm sure is land of the Giants for uh, dudes, you know. She's no. probably probably bigger than some of the, a lot of those dudes. Uh, Miu, a small powerhouse in her own right, she goes head to head with Yuna. That was a really fun exchange. Uh, and she actually manages to get her up for the Canadian backbreaker, but she couldn't hold her up there for too long. Uh, ends up taking a lariat from Yuna. Yuna then tags in Haruna Neko. And it looked like, I don't know, it looked like fucking Miyu Watanabe was starring in Alice in Wonderland or something. Because, like, she goes from fighting the much bigger Yuna to now fighting the much smaller Haruna Neko. Just kind of a funny uh, back-to-back visual there. But Raku then hits Neko with her Dr. Yellow neckbreaker thing. And that gets the pin. Fun little match here. Three stars. uh, And the Mio versus Yuna stuff, definitely the highlight for me.
3: This is like the meeting of all the characters,
2: <laughs> pretty much. But I they need
3: this. to do—they need to do something with Kiryu. I feel like that's like the one right now that needs something.
2: Yeah, because she's good. She's been good she, for a while.
3: She needs some juice.
2: Uh, the opener was Marika Kobashi, who I'm very happy to see back. And Senna—I mean, she's been back for a while now, but I mean, doesn't she it. keep
3: like having to? Didn't she keep coming back, disappearing for a month again? Coming back,
2: yeah, because I I guess because we're school, I guess. I don't know,
3: I have no idea,
2: yeah, because that's why she that's why she uh took her long like a year long break to begin with.
3: I thought they also like stopped putting people under 18 on this.
2: Oh, maybe you're right.
3: Is it like when if you look at all the people there, there hasn't they haven't had like a teenager in a while,
2: yeah, and what's her name left? Uh, the one who was like five nine.
3: Yeah, that one like they got rid of her and they had or I don't know if they got rid of her. She could've just quit or not wanted to do yeah. it anymore.
2: Yeah, she said she quit because she wanted to focus on high school, I'm like, okay. That's
3: understandable.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I can't remember her name, but she was like the really, really um, tall, like fifteen year old. Yuni, maybe? Yuni? Yumi. U- 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 U-
3: Yumi. Yes.
2: Yuni's a kid from D T. There's Yumi and Uni, I think. Yes. <laughs> so But uh, uh,
3: it seems like they don't use kids anymore. Yeah, which is good. I I support that.
2: But she's over eighteen now, so I yeah,
3: they brought her back.
2: Uh, so she she and uh Sena Shiori defeats uh Moka Miyamoto and uh Ariso Endo when Shiori submitted Watanabe with the checkmate in eight thirty nine. Uh, so yes, very sad to hear. As mentioned earlier, that Shiori has to retire soon for health reasons. So they basically uh gave her you know. You know, they gave uh, her, like, her first direct win of her career, tapping out Mocha with an arm lock half crab, I guess, is what it is. I mean, that was her first direct one ever, so. Are um, they going
3: to do a retirement? Their retirement shows are always good. She yeah.
2: She's going to get, like, a retirement match, I think. Because um, she did say something like, you know, keep keep cheering for me or whatever until, uh, you know, I retire. Who was the one who has, like, I think it was Arisa Endo. Oh. Like her look stands out to me for sheer weirdness. Like she's wearing purple. The hair, yellow... the
3: hair and the outfit doesn't match it whatsoever. It's like a complete clash of colors. It's very weird.
2: Purple with yellow trim and zubas all over it too, and this weird like grayish hair, except for like bright yellow on the front, but not the same yellow like you said from the purple and yellow outfit. Really bizarre. I'm like, what are you? What are you supposed to be here, lady? Like, give me an idea here. But I don't know. Very, even in a, there's a promotion that has Palm Harajuku in it. And she still stood out as, like, what are you wearing? So. Her shit
3: is way more coordinated than
2: that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I don't know. Just very bizarre. But yeah, overall, I call this a pretty much your tip. Oh, the opener is like two and a half stars. Very typical uh, Tokyo Joshi opener. Um, but yeah, good, good show. Not like the best Tokyo Joshi show I've ever seen. But, uh, a really solid cork, and I'm sure if you like Tokyo Joshi, you'll like this one. They they really don't have bad shows very often, so...
3: No, their stuff is generally good.
2: Uh, Before we get to Talking Titan, let's just go over their upcoming show, uh, which is May 4th. Yes, Wonderland 2021. We are still in the middle of our dreams. Uh, We have three matches so far. Yuki Arai versus X, uh, Saki-sama, and May St... uh, May Saint Michelle versus Mariah Maiumi and Suzume, and Rika Tansumi versus Miyu Yamashita. All sounds good to me.
3: Yeah, that should be good. I'm. What's your favorite Tokyo Joshi Show name ever?
2: <sighs> hmm, it's a good question. Yeah. I really do like Yes Wonderland. It is a great. It is what a great. What about
3: name. um? Where I go, you all you go, we all go to Nerima or wherever it
2: was. <laughs> That's good. There was one I really liked. I have to look it up now, let's say. See. see if I could find it. Because I remember there was one that was like really funny from like twenty
3: There was one about hot girls that was like kind of a mistranslation about like yeah. being hot outside.
2: Yes, I think so.
3: But I forgot what the exact wording of it was. I remember that one was good.
2: I'm scrolling through right here to see if I could find uh TJPW, the god of pro wrestling, my arms fell, blurry confession. Uh, that would have to be up there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, how do you like Narimasu? I remember when they were wrestling in Narimasu. Uh, and then they just had a whole series of how do you like Osaka? How do you like Kitazawa? How do you like Inabashi? <laughs> and then go ahead, Hot Guys in Narimasu. There you go. Uh, go ahead, Hot Guys in Shinkiba. Uh, just like, there are some great. Okay, there's another. There was like when they had a series called "Let's Go, Go, Go." If you go, when you go, if you get lost, just go to blank. Or just go to Osaka. Just <laughs> that's go, you know, the one go. I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be the best one. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great Tokyo Joshi names. Uh, there you go. Uh, so that's Tokyo Joshi. We got to get to Talking Titan now. We're already going long here, but we got to get. How long are
3: talking. we on this?
2: We're like oh, just under two hours somehow. <laughs> <laughs> on three <laughs> Noah matches and one Tokyo Jersey Cork.
3: <laughs> the Enokiists.
2: I've gone like an hour and 20 minutes on like three full shows before, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. But we got to get to Talking Titan. We do so, have to
3: talk some Titan.
2: So that's what the people are here for. So again, I'm going to warn everybody one more time i
3: am not going to hold back on any spoilers there'll be no warning no discretion we are going to spoil the whole end of this so if you want to watch it you should turn this off now the two hour mark you already listened to two hours (laughs) you you did your part
2: we should hit the stop button right now if you don't want any attack on titan spoilers this is i mean when i first started watching this show It was like okay, this cool like because my friend asked me this the other day. He was like, "Why was this show ever popular to begin with?" And I was like, "Well, you know, it's very like, it's it's got a lot of things going for it. Where like, you know, it's like grim dark, which people always like. Um, You know, it's very violent, which people like, especially in anime. Like Western fans, especially love violent anime. I mean, like they they almost always gravitate towards it it, because it by that feeds into the perception of like, oh, this is like this." mystic, uh, overseas shit where you're not supposed to watch. Whereas, it like, makes it
3: feel like, more adult. Even though this yeah. it, like, this is, like, a, a teenage. This is for teenagers.
2: Yeah. But, like, it feels, like, not even, Like it makes it feel adult, but also just, like, you know, forbidden. And meanwhile, you could watch, like, I don't know, Crayon Shin or something and watch. That's anime, too. But, uh, you know, that's obviously that's not gonna fit into people's narratives about it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but then, uh, you know, so that, there's that reason. And steampunk, which people love steampunk. I've never been one who's like, oh, steampunk. I don't think this is. Is it steampunk? And as it has I mean, they, the, the fucking things run on little steam at one point, don't they? Those... I don't
3: know. I feel like. I, I guess I'm being pedantic over this. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think I'm just being pedantic over it. Like, it's steampunk
2: ish. I don't know.
3: I get where you're going with it.
2: Yeah. um, And and I think an underrated factor people were into like the mystery of it, right? It's like, okay, why yeah. is the rest, why is the rest of the world not exist anymore? Why are there Titans? What are the Titans? Where'd the Titans come from? And I, if you watch the first season of that anime, I don't know about the, the early part of the manga. I wasn't reading the manga early on. Were you, did you read the early part of the manga? I, so
3: I watched the first season and then started reading it like right yeah. after it stopped airing.
2: Pretty much the same for me. So I watched the first season and then wanted to know what was going on. Like as, As I, I, why not right after it started airing, but like as it dragged on forever, waiting for season two, I did finally start reading the manga to see what happened. So like, you know, if you go back and watch that first season, you, I, uh, I think it's completely understandable why it was such a huge hit. I think it makes a lot of sense why it connected. The moment Uh,
3: as soon as it, as soon as it was revealed that one of the other people was, like, was one of the evil things. I, I don't know about you, but it feels like most people I know kind of guessed which direction it had to go in. Yeah. There was like, it couldn't have just been like, these are weird monsters. They always had to be coordinated from coming somewhere.
2: Yeah. I will say and I the, wish
3: they didn't reveal that as early as they did. It's like a weird storyline nitpick.
2: Yeah. Well, I would say the moment that I first, it, it did feel weird to me at the time. And it, in hindsight, it was like the first big red flag. At the end of that first season, when they reveal like the wall is made of Titans, it's like why did the wall be made of Titans? It doesn't make any fucking sense. What the fuck does this mean? And it just doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it still doesn't yeah, make any. Fucking yeah, sense now, I mean, like, that's
3: important. Time. None of the plot holes were answered.
2: Yeah. So like basically, that is the first one where you can like literally this crack in the wall where you see it to Titan is like the crack in the fa- in the facade of the series where like it makes no sense. Uh, this guy clearly didn't have it planned out beyond. There's 29.
3: no way. There's no way this guy thought this was going to get. It ended on 139 chapters, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. And like this that. is a
3: monthly, so like you know. count in breaks. If they probably got 150 monthly chapters out of this thing.
2: Yeah, and this guy he cleared, he made it up because like a tourist got him scared or something. I think was what was what the uh, the story of uh, you have you read that story where he talks about the inspiration for it? Because like a uh, tourist,
3: something like that. I read this like
2: like, now, like a tourist grabbed him at a cafe like, a big dude, and he couldn't speak Japanese, so, like, they didn't speak to his language, so he couldn't, like, convey anything to him, so, you know, it's basically this idea of being, like, afraid, being held by a bigger person or thing, and not being able to communicate with it, which is kind of scary, I guess. It makes sense why that would, uh, you, know, um, you know, inspire this series, but, like, he didn't have any of this shit planned out. is very clear. There's no and, way
3: any of this story was written like this, yeah.
2: And the explanations got increasingly stupid. Like, the, the idea that the rest of the world really was still there was fucking stupid. The idea that, like, the Titan powers were, like, this mystical thing passed down, but also weirdly scientific that, like, you had to inject spinal fluid into people to fucking... Turn them into yeah, like turn it's a state?
3: mysterious power of God, but there's also a very specific science to how it works.
2: Yeah, it's really I don't know. Bizarre.
3: It just it like went in like thirty directions, and, and then all they had the that sucked.
2: They had that entire long arc. The uh, God, what the hell was it called? The politics.
3: Again? The uprising arc. The
2: uprising arc, which were basically for something like eighteen months. Because, like you said, this is a monthly. This, is a, month yeah, this is a monthly. It's not like a
3: bad like jump show that you just have to sit through a bad, or like jump manga, you have to sit through something bad for like three or four months.
2: I this thing, like, like a
3: shitty arc of this is two to three years.
2: The uprising arc was one, 51, let's say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Uh, yeah, I, think I got it almost exactly right. 17, 17 chapters. So, for, for almost a year and a half, uh, I guess more like 14 or 15, because finally they, there are Titans at the very end of it. Uh, there's no Titans in Attack on Titan. Like, basically the entire arc, they're just like, alright, here's some humans, and, uh, you know, we got we got this Jack the Ripper guy, Kenny the Ripper, and, uh, you know, this is what we're doing now. And it's like the entire time, you're like, so so where are the Titans? Like, are, are they just chilling? Or are they just like outside the, these broken... They're, not, they're no longer trying to get through these broken walls, or just out there chilling i guess okay and it's like really 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 bizarre and you know i, I will say the anime did a good job
3: they with, figured uh, out how to condense it
2: yeah they they condensed it as well as they could and made it somewhat watchable so you i know, have the a- people
3: who had to like direct this shit and format it or just gods they made this thing largely watchable up until like this last season it's just like it's evil i don't know how else to describe it other than evil
2: okay i was gonna ask you because i haven't been watching it so i don't know anything beyond when they get to the water uh as far as the anime so have you, you have
3: you read the whole thing or did you just read the ending
2: i read the i read like the descriptions i guess i didn't read the actual manga. okay yeah.
3: so you've missed more incoherent nonsense and <laughs> giant titan wars and evil worms that never get explained
2: but the anime itself right like they're not doing a good job you know trying to uh, you know explain this shit anymore or like i
3: mean there's only so much you can do when he doesn't write any explanation it's not like you can accentuate the parts of the story that make sense it's just fucking none of it makes sense anymore yeah, like he's in, he's introducing ten characters in episode. All of these characters <laughs> are either gonna die or just not appear anymore.
0: <laughs> or like, it's yeah, like, gonna be some that... like
3: really stupid forced interaction with a with an old character who doesn't really
2: matter. That that fucking family or whatever, I can't remember their names now. The one who had like the Warhammer Titan or something.
3: But the Tiber
2: family. Yeah, what the fuck ever happened to that? Nothing. Them? <laughs> just nothing happened to them at all, right?
3: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, obviously <laughs> the guy died, but I think the rest of it, I think they get mentioned once or twice later, but... Because
2: <laughs> they spend so much time on that the part of the manga I was looking at, and it's like, okay. The, the shitty of-
3: arc where they introduce the fucking kids and they kill half the kids, <laughs> it just sucks. I don't know. Like, He has like seven or eight main cast characters that just do nothing up until the very end, but he just keeps adding more. Yeah. And then he brings Annie back, so there's another one. Oh, and then you have a... like the general is kind of important now? Is and Annie the... transform Carl again? is a good guy. What
2: does Annie ever get to like transform again? Finally, yes. Okay, well, that's kind of cool. I guess does she do anything?
3: Um, she just fights with everyone at the end.
2: Okay, that's nice. Who? So like the I've read the actual ending. So explain the ending for people who don't who need to understand this ending. So so Aaron at some point just seems to become the main antagonist instead of the protagonist.
3: Yes, so um, Aaron, uh, so he leads a terrorist movement to free him from the island, and then he activates the power called the Rumbling that basically destroys the whole world outside of the walls by having the titans that are the walls just walk over everything.
2: And that's, that kills 80% of humanity. Yes. And to be clear, this is the main character of the manga and the show. Yes, but this, this is time. also
3: presented as a happy thing because all of his friends got to live
2: seems legit. Killing 80% of the humanity. A good thing. <laughs> that's, that's nice, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it turns out we're watching, like, Adventures of Hitler. Yes. Because he turns out to kill... To, like, so I was to
3: always I was wrong on this. I was always saying that I don't think it's, like, blatant fascist stuff. I think he's just a terrible writer who's, like, trying to write about the horrors of war and failing. But I think I was dead wrong
2: yeah he just like likes fascism,
3: yeah no he he clearly just doesn't the way the the way he writes death it's just a very trivial thing, yeah, it's like a number that just gets discarded in the story. It's very strange, but then it also ends that the remaining people still alive are still at war with the islands people, so really, this whole thing didn't even matter if they're fighting the same war with just yeah. This-
2: yeah, so the ending is the most bizarre part of it. Cause like, okay, Aaron kills 80% of the world, he turns himself into this evil person, and like, um Which he you know. knew he was doing
3: the whole time because yeah. it's basically like, Did you did you see the the last Avengers movies? No. You've never seen any of that. So like the big the big plot point of that in one of them is like the Doctor Strange character like sees all the future timelines and sees like the only one where they win and does like the thing that sets that in motion, what it seems like he wrote, I don't understand it a hundred percent. It's not very well done, but it seems like he went into this like spiritual other world that shows all the potential timelines. And he basically did that and went back and influenced all the things that happened. So it was the exact thing that gets them to like the one point where he gets to save everyone. But he has to become evil to do it. And, and he convince has to kill 80% on the earth. Yes.
2: Like it's it's not even like he has to pretend to be evil. He has to destroy the world and kill any Yes, He has to pretend
3: to hate his friends, which is I the see. only real evil in this like <laughs> idiots
2: writing.
3: I hate this stupid comic.
2: <laughs> he has to kill 80% of the world's population, and this percentage is not a big deal.
3: Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it it's a one-off throwaway line. But that's what everything in this stupid story is. It's like one-off throwaway lines.
2: I remember there is one point where there's a cuz I remember people used to say he was like, you know, a Japanese fascist specifically. Well, now I, I think
3: they're right. I always thought it was like this is this is like overcorrecting on something yeah. really popular that actually sucks. Was kind of always my opinion on that, but I was just wrong.
2: But there is like one weird throwaway line for like, maybe he put this in there as a is it
3: about um, like the that how the island has a bunch of resources and the other evil country wants them?
2: No, no, no. Well, there's one throwaway line where, where I guess I don't because remember there's a th- there is a, the, the, the there's a stand-in for Japan that's yes. not Paradis.
3: No, yeah, and, like, no, Paradis is not supposed to be Japan,
2: right? So he there's a throwaway line about how basically how they all suck and how that island sucks and how the people there suck, and I'm just like. So, are you a big nationalist? I don't really understand. Like, I, there's like some negotiate. I don't remember what the exact context of what it was now, but it was like something about how much they suck and how much they uh, have always sucked and will always suck or something. It
3: seems like the end also teases the idea that like the Japanese people in that world signed with sided with like the Aaron terrorists who destroyed uh... the rest of the world. Oh, there you go. So again, I I don't know. Again, I I'm still not totally sure. There's like any direct ideology to this, and it's not just like the badly written nonsense of a shitty writer. Yeah,
2: I still kind of I still lean. I toward... still
3: lean before that, but it's like impossible not to acknowledge that, on purpose or not, it's accidentally just like an evil work of fiction.
2: That's what I think. That's what I think of it is. I think it's accidentally fascist. That's and it's I, like, I, that's like very, very yeah but uh i don't know it could be it could be off there but i just kind of have a feeling i think he's just knitting it i mean that's just it's I, like,
3: I like it's that. like when uh you know of indie wrestling legend schlack right yeah it's like when he got photoshopped doing a bunch of zeke hiles and was like oh me and my, my friend just did it we didn't know what we were doing yeah and you know what schlack maybe you're right but it doesn't <laughs> make it any better
2: man there you go uh but yeah so he killed 80 percent of the world and all this shit happened i knew they were going to play the i was just pretending to be evil card oh yeah 100
3: like, it was it was obvious the second he started like being mean to his friends that like oh he know it, it was so obvious where they were going with it. and but it, like, that's like what makes it so bad
2: but like they still managed to do it in a way that shocked me because then at the end of the show it's like oh yeah but everything still sucks yeah everything oh, still sucks <laughs> the only thing he did do i guess if you really want to look at it he did say his original goal was to eradicate all titans, like all the way back at the He did, do it. No, he did exactly
3: what he said, and he saved his friends.
2: Yeah, but he did it in the dumbest way possible, I guess, that killed 80% of the world. What a fucking, what a weird show. What a weird manga. And like, I really cannot stress enough if you're listening to all this and you think any of it sounds cool or you want to watch it or read it, you should not do that
3: no, you should do anything better with your time. <laughs> it was so horrible. Anything. Literally anything.
2: Like, for years, you and I would just DM the other one to be like, have you seen the new how fucking stupid the new attack on Titan is? Because <laughs> it was always so fucking stupid. Every
3: time every time they, like, finish an arc, it was always stupider and stupider.
2: Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of where of some of the... Because we, we basically just went over, like, we skipped past, like, four years worth of shit and like it's so so yeah, i skipped the
3: entire world war one arc i skipped <laughs> the the war children who were living in the nazi ghetto and being forced to fight and turned into titans to save their family and uh what else did i miss there's
2: so much shit where i'm just like okay I don't know. There's like, a why... bunch
3: like a bunch of insane exposition about how Mikas' family name I means she's actually brainwashed and a slave to oh. her. And, but they also <laughs> never follow any of uh You just kind of assume he's lying. I don't know. It, it just it just sucks.
2: Yeah, Mikasa never gets
3: and it sucks.
2: I mean she gets to kill him, I guess, at the end, but like yeah. she never gets like a real satisfying ending to that whole is she like, really in love with him or not, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know. It's so stupid. But it all it all really just does suck. I guess that's a good place to leave it. <laughs> it's really bad. And it's the worst. You should never watch it or read it, but... Uh, no. <laughs>
3: never. never.
2: <laughs> I can't even... Because it feels... Like, I really do like the first season the TV show, but, like, it's, like, the same thing. It's a very worse version of, like, why I never recommend the first season of Tokyo Ghoul to people, because, like, you know, the first season of Tokyo Ghoul is, like, one of my favorite anime of all time. It's just so good. But, like, everything after that is so horrible. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever watched Tokyo Ghoul or no? No, I never have. So, like, the first season is really, really, really good. Like, again, one of my favorite animes of all time. Just so good. Uh, Tokyo, then they have Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, I think it's... Oh, God. I forgot the fuck they call it. Something. Some wacky name for the second season. It doesn't really matter. And that is horrible. And they completely change all sorts of shit from the manga in some of the dumbest ways possible to the point where a lot of it makes no sense. It's just really bad. And then they kind of get it back on track with the third season with Tokyo Ghoul RE, which is, you know, pretty good. And they actually follow the manga as close as they can after the second season fucked it up. And then they do RE season two, where they try to fit, I think, like two years worth of manga or something, an absurd amount into a 12-episode season because they want to just end this shit, and the show is completely unwatchable. Like, basically, every episode, it's like it's like the Vince Russo of anime. It's like, stuff is happening in every 30 seconds, and characters are just, like, coming in and out every... Like, basically, every episode is, like, 35 chapters or something, so it's impossible to follow, and makes no sense, and it's going so fucking fast. You're just like, who are these people? I don't even remember any of these people that you're just bringing back from you know, two seasons ago, expecting me to know who they are, and it's just really, really, really bizarre. Um, like, I'll you still
3: know, say this is worse than that.
2: Yeah, it, this is worse, Titan is worse, but Tokyo Ghoul, you know, as much as I love the first season, I will never recommend the show to anybody, because it just falls off such a fucking cliff uh, that I can't really recommend it. I mean, the manga's apparently great. i never read the manga, but yeah, I mean, Attack on Titan, I love the first season of the TV show, but can't recommend it to anybody in good conscience because they so, might try to,
3: you can save yours. You can get off now.
2: Yeah. You might, they might try to watch and read the rest of it, which no one should ever I do. Mean, if
3: you listen to the rest of this, you know what happens. You can be free.
2: Yeah. You don't have to keep watching it. So, I mean, I met, I, I probably will go watch the anime. It's I'm fun.
3: sure I'll end up seeing it, but I, I can't get upset what happens. Cause I already know what's going to happen. And I feel like that makes it so much
2: better. Yeah. But yeah, the people who are like watching the anime who managed to avoid all the manga spoilers, uh, I don't know what, how they're going to react. When Has start gotten up to the point where he's Hitler yet or no?
3: Um, anime... Yes, I think the um, pro Aaron terrorist movement has officially started.
2: Okay. I, I wonder how the anime people are taking that.
3: Um, I, heard... I think the anime people seem mostly happy. But me and someone else, like, joined the official Reddit to, like, see what the results to the, like, Discord, to see what these, like, results to the spoilers were. And, like, it was universally saying they should change the ending for the anime.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know, I, I mean, I saw on Twitter that people hated the fucking anime. You know, like,
3: Yeah. Like, and these are, like, the people that like it, not, like, the haters like us.
2: Yeah. Even and they, they
3: hate, even they seem to hate it. So, like, something tells me this is not going to, this is actually not going to end.
2: Yeah, so there you go. All right, Kevin, you wanna give us some plugs?
3: Um, no, I, no, you know where to find me.
2: <laughs> the Bad Wrestling Podcast. Come on.
3: Yes, yes. What's my ad? <laughs> don't. I'm not. I'm going to ignore your. They don't follow request me specifically. Though I have like a hundred of them that I don't go through.
2: So I won't. I won't put your Twitter, your, your actual at here. I mean, uh,
3: you can video. put it, but uh, this is just a warning. If you, it, it's not like a personal thing. I just don't want to like place who all hundred of the people in there are and figure it out.
2: So I just put the bad wrestling podcast
3: one. Yes, but that one, that one was
2: good. There you
3: go. So what if is it? listen to that? Um, I'll send. Do I forgot exactly how? <laughs> stuff I don't use that account. Like it's on my. It's on my phone, and I never look into
2: it. Right, hold on. I can get it for you in two seconds. Let's see yeah. if, I, if I follow you. It's at Bad Rest Podcast, so W-R-E-S.
3: I forgot. We have multiple of them in the tank. I have no idea which is going to be the most recent one by the time we uh, hear this. I think it's going to be one on Blackcraft again.
2: Mm-hmm. The most recent one was eight, was March 21st. Wow, it's been a while.
3: Yeah, we've been doing them once a month. We have like four of them recorded, and we I just see. haven't been able to get them out quick. Because
2: I feel like the man scout
3: yes the man scout Jake manning yeah the next one's definitely Blackcroft then
2: yeah there you go uh but that, then then let's uh everybody listening to this of course you can come and follow us on twitter at wrestle omakase wrestling One fit uh you can come to the patreon at patreon.com slash wrestling omakase uh champion carnival coverage continuing uh and that's about do it, folks uh I just realized I forgot to do the ad for Manscaped again, so I guess I have to insert that into the middle again. I never remember do the Manscaped ad, but it's uh, a promo code Omakase uh, if you twenty percent off and of free shipping. It's not the actual ad; I have to do an ad like much earlier, but just to remind you. Do you do you ever get anything from Manscaped, Kevin?
3: Uh, I do not get ads. No,
2: <laughs> we get these ads from like the the whole Voice Wrestling network gets them, so uh i don't know i feel like i feel like if you actually listen to all the uh you know the voice wrestling podcast you must be like i get it manscaped all right but you know if you
3: listen to the whole family you gotta be sick of the scape
2: (laughs) but they're a great sponsor folks manscaped.com promo code omakase all right folks uh thank you as always for listening and we will see you i didn't pull the next episode uh it's patreon only so, again, patreon.com slash wrestling omakase. A new five matches episode with Voices of Wrestling's Kevin Cheat. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. He'll let me know next time. Uh, but he's the Australian correspondent. Just give me a bunch of Australian wrestling to watch. I've never watched a single minute of Australian wrestling in my life. So that will be interesting. Uh, there you go. And the next time we're on the free feed will be two weeks from now uh, for an epi- an episode I do not yet have a guest for. We'll talk the. We'll talk some New Japan again. Finally, the Satsuma No Kuni shows uh, from the 20th and 29th. The Hiroshima show with Mako and Okan for April 26th, which might be the only uh, New Japan match I'm actually excited for. Plus, the Noah April 29th Nagoya show we talked about earlier will be also be covered on that one. So, back here on the free feed in two weeks. Want to hear us first next week on Patreon.com/slash Wrestling Omakase. See you next time.